This Week in League. Post-COVID 2020 continues to deliver as they find Madeline McCann's killer before the Broncos find a win. The Manor Cancer Civil War enters Golden Point at one all after Tim removes the most malignant cancer from the NRL. James Tedesco smashes Mitchell Pearce's record for punishing dogs. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for round six of the 2020 NRL season. All that more this week in Lee. Welcome to episode 355 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. Um, first things first, uh, I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to the OGest of the OGs, really. I mean, like, we're talking first three fucking people to listen to the show, I would say. Um, long-time listeners will know of this uh, person as Trotters or uh, that fucking pig, if it was uh, coming from real dad's mouth. But because uh, the current regime of the show has far more respect for the listeners, we'll just call yes. you Dev, Devon Head. Happy birthday, my man. And uh, fucking, what a year, you know? Yeah. If anyone needs some fucking inspiration. Exactly. The motherfucker's got himself fit. He's looking good. Yep. Um, brand new dad. Again, for the fourth time. Juggling fucking <laughs> super sperm. Like, motherfucker can't <laughs> look at women, lest they become impregnated. That's Happy it. Happy birthday, Dev. That's it. It's looking like a like a anorexic keefy now <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Well, he, he sort of looks as, as I would imagine him to look after a man, like, ejaculates super sperm, like, just sort of okay. shriveled and, okay, you know, um, all of the moisture gone. Secondly, uh, I neglected to mention this on last week's show, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> Trust the Shirts uh, are going up for one more run by popular demand. Now, for people who listen who are also, like, in the Facebook group or on, you know, social media... You'd be aware of this already. That's a, you know, we've, we, we've mentioned it. Um, but for those who haven't, which is, you know, which we sometimes forget is, you know, the vast majority of the listenership. Yes. Uh, so for those, for those who are, who aren't on social media, the trust us shirts, are back up, I'll probably leave them go till, you know, Sunday or so because they've been up for about a week and a half or so now anyway, or, you know, two weeks probably. Um, so leave them up till Sunday, Monday, the same by Monday morning if you get it in. And uh, it's the, the the second and final run of uh, the Trust the Shirts. We've already got more than enough to go ahead with. But uh, if you're listening to the show and you aren't on social media, go to thisweekinleague.com, click on shop or store or whatever it is, and you'll see the Trust Us shirts up there. And uh, this is your chance to uh, get the shirt that uh, people are doing. And we promise we will actually give you one of those, not what would have been the greatest fucking troll ever is charge you for it and then send you a different one just with the words, you should have trusted yeah. us <laughs> emblazoned or, on the front. Or, or, you know, that's or just like untrustworthy cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I have trust issues. It's a shame that you couldn't fit like untrustworthy, take, remove the vowels or whatever. You fit that on two lines and then have like CNT down the bottom, make it like a run DMC or like a vision streetwear design. <laughs> and uh that's it for just the shit i wanted to get off my chest to start uh diving into the news and uh the the first story and look if there's a if there's a a rugby league podcast or news thing you know like fan generated content that isn't leading with this i'll be very fucking surprised but uh leading 
NRL player manager Isaac Moses has had his accreditation cancelled by the NRL following a probe into his activities. Now, he has like 100 players on the books. Yes. Among those, uh, Josh Hodgson, uh, John Bateman, Adam Blair, David Klemmer, Tavita Pangai, and not just Tavita Pangai, but like Seabold and nine players on the Broncos roster. Oof. Uh, he was subject to an NRL investigation in his, into his behavior in 2017. Uh, he was accused of helping Tim Manor, a client of his, into giving evidence that was false and intended to mislead an investigation run by the NRL's integrity unit, which I believe was Parramatta salary cap mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so he was told uh, on Tuesday of the decision, which will see him stripped of his right to trade as an NRL manager. Um, Abdo, the interim CEO, said, player agents have a very influential role in the game and with the players they represent. Where agents fail to adhere to the standards expected of them, we will intervene to take action under the NRL rules. That is what we've done in this case after a thorough investigation by the league's integrity and compliance unit. Mm-hmm. So his Cove agency, one of the biggest stables of NRL talent, also has, yeah, as I mentioned, Seabold, also has Adam O'Brien and Israel Folau. And uh, he has the right of appeal and he's free to work until his appeal. <sighs> this, out of, we've had earlier this year when Rugby League was shut down thanks to the COVID thing. Mm. We've mentioned and we've spoken about just the way that the the NRL community kind of came together and everyone was loving each other and yes. it was it was great. Mm. That was like the first time in a long time. Yes, this is the second time. Yes. this Moses thing. I haven't seen a single person, a single person, journalist, Joe Blogs, anybody mm. speak up in his in mm. his defence or any. Yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yes. And it's and and you know it's heartwarming to see because it's actually fucking true. This guy's massive cancer. Yeah. Think of the things that he's had his his fingers in back in the you know over like Tedesco back flipping on Canberra. Canberra. Yep. Um, all the fuckery with Tedesco and Woods and and Moses, particularly Moses. Yep. Um, and you know the and Let, the way that he's ejected from. Let's not forget Brooks. Brooks was also considered um, essential at that stage. Mm-hmm. And he was the only one who signed on thinking the other three were doing it uh, yep. as well. And now he's stuck at that fucking dumpster fire. Yep. And they're not, like to, to they're not even Jesus letting him have Benji. They're not even letting him have Benji these days. Just think, when Moses is the person who is responsible for what is potentially a fantastic thing, you know, a marquee player coming to your club, mm-hmm. if, if they can't even get credit for that positivity... Like, if no one's at the moment going, oh, yeah, look, 70% of the stuff he does is shit, but 30% of the time he's doing good stuff and bringing good but plays he did to bring, your club. Like, you don't know, see, like, Parramatta fans going, oh, but he did bring us Mitchell Moses. Yeah, and Mo- <laughs> yeah, Moses has been very, very good this year. Yeah, yeah. What does that tell you about who the person is and what they bring? Yeah. And parasite is the, the best term that I've heard mm-hmm. because his entire business model Involves clubs paying overs for the players, which which yeah yeah, and then and then then which in the trickle down effect takes his six increases the value of his six point five percent yeah you know significantly yeah I mean you think like every extra hundred grand he can get on a on a player yep. six and a half yeah. G straight in his pocket that's it and. When you extrapolate that across the one hundred players or coaches, I mean, yep. coaches are getting coaches are getting more than lo- mid-level player salaries yep. as well these days. Correct. 
and it's a, a very a very good business. One of the upshots of this now is that players who are signed with the Cove agency or with perhaps with Moses as, as in particular as their agent now have the ability to sever their contracts with that agency, mm. not with the club, thereby saving themselves 6.5% yeah. of their contracted value, Yep, which is fucking huge. Yep. Imagine if you are like, I mean, let's, you know, someone like, uh, who's on a, who's on a, a ton of cash? Clem is not on a small amount of money. Nope. So That's let's it. just say, how, do you know how much, Clem, how much is Clem on? Didn't he go there for like 750, 800K? Yeah, so 800K a year. Yeah. So that's like 50K a year straight back in his pocket. Like fucking tremendous. Mm. How good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder I wonder when we can start. I, don't, I haven't seen any of those dominoes start the and, fall yet, but I wonder if we, when we will. And realistically, apart from, apart from the hassle of actually negotiating- what do players need a fucking agent for? You know, do have a business manager or an accountant or somebody that looks after that, and surely they can accept the incoming fucking offers yeah, and then I present think, them to you. I, I think the the main the main uh, sticking point for players, and it's probably just a you know a confidence issue as well, uh, confidence in their uh, their ability to negotiate for themselves. With themselves being the person in the, po- you know, and like when, mm-hmm. and keeping it like business yep. and not emotional and Correct. like if a club comes back and Which all is like why, low ball and- You know, why don't they all have a fucking accountant? They all should be paying tax. Mm. They all should hopefully have a business manager that's investing for them. Yeah. I would imagine, I imagine that most or a large amount would be. They'd all have an accountant, surely. Mm. Or at least get online and just, yeah. And um, it will yeah. look, and that's the thing, you know, like a, a tax accountant may not be the best person to be negotiating for you. Well, they, yeah, they, I mean, uh, yeah, an accountant. They're, they're, I mean, this is the thing. that the, the, the need for agents is that they are presumably, and, yeah. and, you know, and they are presumably, they're paid to be but then all of a professional sudden, negotiators on your, you know, to correct. negotiate your price up and your, or your benefits or whatever. But then at the end of the day, are they really working for you? Because then you get that situation where, you know, you've got one agent that's got four players at one club. But yeah. How do you know he's getting the most for you? Because he's- his thing is to get six and a half percent across all of them. What about the control he has of the Broncos? Nine players and yeah. a coach. Yeah, that it's nuts. Like, he can he can exercise such an a uh, yep disruption, undue influence, mm-hmm. all of that. And like he I wish could, he had of it the Broncos. <laughs> well, look, you know what? He could sacrifice one player. Can you imagine yeah. if he gets one player? Yeah, burns them at the Broncos. Yep, and sends them to to the fucking Bulldogs or something. Yep. And then uses that with the Broncos to say, fucking now, don't you piss me off or I'll take the rest of them one by one. Yeah. All of a sudden, the sacrificial lambs down there getting fucking passed to the faces from Lachlan Lewis. Yeah. Yep. See it. Absolute fucking scumbag. So, we'll see what happens with the with the appeal and everything. I, I don't imagine that he's going to have any great- So, what's ping Tim Manor's guilt now? Why has he spoken up now? Well, the investigation- Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, there's been a falling out. How, this is how these things always happen. There's been a falling out or there's been some fucking Hillsong level guilt. <laughs> uh, or- Remember the way that he got fucked over though in the last year? Tim Manor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows what stemmed, you know, that, you know what sprung yeah. forth from that? 
And so you're saying that maybe Tim was meaning to get the club in trouble and has oh, inadvertently gotten- Oh, not necessarily, gotten- but maybe, but maybe he, had, he fell out with Moses because maybe Moses was pushing- Maybe Moses was was the one trying to engineer that move to the Tigers, remember? Mm. But, you know, it yep. could have been anything like that, you know? Maybe he just feels like his, his best interests weren't represented. You got to remember, maybe the other thing is as well- that fucking Hillsongy community, which yep. involves players like Jared Hayne and that, yep. who isn't getting paid at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, Jared Hayne's not a fucking sour grape merchant. Maybe there was some pressure put on that you know. Yeah. Look, you need to come clean with this, or I will. Yeah, I don't know. Either That's way, all, it's all speculation at this point. The door is now open for you and I to become player managers. Honestly, though, how how hard? Really, it's just a matter of- You know what? I would put on my business card that I would- Let's call it fucking hashtag real talk player agency. Yep. And when cunts come to us and go, oh, I think I'm worth more money elsewhere, we go, you're fucking not. Back in your corner. Shut the fuck up <laughs> and stop dropping the football. There's your negotiation. And- do, do you want to see how many clubs want to fucking dropsy McShit face? Because I'll ring him right now. (laughs) Oh, fuck. No no one's answering. (laughs) Fuck off. I don't think that bedside manner would be conducive to maintaining a large client list. (laughs) We wouldn't have any millennial players on our books. That's for fucking sure. I'm not sure you'd have any. Uh, No, there's still some. Not many. If any. Did you call it your scribe agency or something? That's it. It's just NMIA. <laughs> NMIAA. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you got any more to say about uh, uh, about I I would really like there to be fucking more fallout over this. Yep. Uh because this should bring into question it's like a, you know, um long time long time OG superfan Hammers pointed out this really should bring every fucking contract he has registered ever into the spotlight and there should be a fucking very harsh harsh investigation on what's happened there um but it would be in the NRL's best interest to, to just have this as one and done and he's gone and never have anything spoken about yeah like I ever feel again. you know the with the, the NRL applies a fair bit of scrutiny to contracts and, you know, mostly probably in terms of like, you know, compliance with their, you know, their, their salary caps they impose and things like that. But there's, I think there's only so much fuckery that can go, you know, that can really oh, go on in that respect. The whole two contracts thing. Yeah. Well, he, he, had, this is the thing. Moses had six, he had a six month vacation mm. for his, for, for being part of the storm shit too. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm saying. So, so has, has form on the board. Yep. For, trying to explain away dodgy shit. Yep. So, worst case scenario, players are complicit. Best case scenario, Moses just has this down to a fucking fine art yep. of how to actually sell it in yep. that there's nothing wrong with it. Sure. And in either of those examples. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I see with, with Hammers with his question there, he's saying that um, he thinks the NRL has gone off half-cocked. But uh, it's it's uh, now he's gone, and it's obvious why he's gone. Shouldn't every contract he signed now be null and void, or at the very least audited? I don't think that should be null and void. 
and I don't think they've, they, I don't think they've gone off half cocked either. This is a guy that has had history on the board um, over a decade, mm. and it was not that long ago when they decided that they were going to implement stricter kind of integrity requirements and things like that on on uh, player agents. Yeah, and so he's the he's the first victim of that clampdown, basically. Yep. So. Um, Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's half cocked or, or or too harsh. I mean, I'm sure they dotted dotted their eyes and crossed their t's. Yeah, but so that he couldn't appeal and have it pretty much a guarantee that he'd you know beat it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'd like to give him you know more credit than than that. But uh, you know, bye Felicia. Yes. Now, correct. I tell you. The other week we were talking about how there was that news article and it was talking about the, the dragons and how, you know, Mary could write the ship because he had a run coming up that, you know, that was against the fucking, who was it? Who was it? It was, it was something. Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Bulldogs, Bulldogs sharks. Tar- and, sharks and titans. And sharks and titans. Right? Yeah. And we thought that was a great burn. Yes. Yeah, so like to put the sharks down there. I'll tell you what, Mary cannot coach, can fucking deliver a sick burn though. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Matt Dufty was the ball boy. Last week, he was the best player on the field. Mm. He had a dramatic turnaround that put his career back on track, and it's all thanks to a challenge from Coach Paul McGregor. They say challenge, I say sick burn. Um, He's been linked to the Titans after dropping in and out of the squad since 2019, and so McGregor used that rumor as an opportunity to get the best out of him. Uh, He said, if the rumor's true, you can go and play 20 games a year for the Titans if you want. (laughs) Or you can play 20 games here by forcing yourself to get picked every week and play the rest of the season. And that is what apparently sparked him into the form that we joked about the other week that like, oh, look, the Sharks are down in that Dragons level. Yeah. Yeah, guess what? You're beneath it now. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just like to point out that whilst the Dragons, who are probably the biggest shit fight of the entire league, Mm -hmm. are... Well, Maybe I mean, the Bulldogs. That, yeah, I mean, the Bulldogs, though, I feel like they've got internal... <coughs> I feel like they've got internal unity. Yeah, that's it. Like, in camaraderie they're, and stuff. with. It's a pure lack of talent. I, yeah, yeah, I just... I don't think... Well, I think they've got probably a lesser... Lesser uh, quality of coaching being delivered mm. because some of the things they do are things that they just do, like, repetitively and they never learn. Mm. So... But there is a there is a there is a, a deficient a deficiency of talent there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they don't have like a fractured, you know, allegedly fractured player group with players wanting releases, player you know Frizzle getting out, and this you know half the club supporting a an alleged vicious rapist. <clears throat> yes, and the other half thinking that hey, rape isn't cool. Yes, yeah. So, but just to put that in perspective. Mm-hmm. The threat of going to the Titans is a threat at the Dragons. Yes. <clears throat> so the pecking order has been updated. <laughs> at the West Tigers, players are actively seeking releases from contracts to join the Titans. To join the Titans, yep. Doing it happily. Yep. And having fanfare from ex-players as to how great they are. Yep. So... So you're saying that the... Which club is the actual fucking bottom feeders of the league? Yeah, well... Yeah, there you go. Mm. It would uh, it it wouldn't be this show if we didn't speak about Callan Ponga and uh, and he signed a four and a half million dollar extension with the Knights four year deal, and uh, 
He's also said that he was re- apparently rejecting approaches from rival NRL clubs, not one of which I've ever seen named. Like Bulldogs, maybe. Like Who else has got... Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not even dollars. Just he think who who would want him. Bulldogs, maybe. Like, I'm sure the Titans might want him. The, cow- was, the Cowboys would want him? Yeah, but for different reasons. What? Because they got Val. I mean, Val's great. They they would want him more from the perspective of you know bring the uh, bring the local kid back you know yeah hundred percent that yeah you know, not the fact like oh my fucking god we just need every every player that comes on the market we need to yeah we need true. to have a crack you know true um, um, he immediately outlined his intention to win a premiership over the course of the next five seasons mm. it's no secret I want to win a comp in Newcastle I want to hold the trophy up here it's a very exciting and proud moment for myself and my family we're building towards something I can definitely feel that. Blah 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 blah. Best of luck. The one thing, if if, if people want me to give credit to this uh, notorious hype machine, one thing I'll give him credit for is signing a a pretty fucking good deal, month, yeah. dollar dollars wise. Considering the the whole COVID thing, yeah, and the you know the the suspicion or the you know that the, yeah, there's going to be less money going out to clubs, therefore the salary cap may get reduced, etc. Yep. etc. Smart move. It's fucking brilliant business. See now to if, lock in. If we were his player managers, yep, that's exactly the advice I would have given him. Said, "Son, you are a fucking hype engine. <laughs> You're never going to get it better than this." That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You have maybe a two-year window before people start realizing that you ain't done shit. Yeah, you've start, never won anything. Before they start realizing. You 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 fucking Sean Johnson with a fucking <laughs> with headgear you rang her under a headgear. <laughs> <laughs> Man, sign this deal. Yep, yep. You know, old fucking what, what was that guy going to do at that fire the suck dick for water? <laughs> I will get you water if you know what I mean. No, you you go and suck their dick for that contract. <laughs> yeah, um, good on him. Fucking, I I concur. Unfortunately, it goes down this line again of clubs paying for potential. And fucking tell me something. Tell me it's time that that's worked out. Like all the other big deals. Yeah. When did Tom Lalo sign his? Couple of years ago, post premiership. Yeah, was it post premiership or was it like you know just before? Oh, I don't know. Might have been post. Yeah. Um, DCE. When did he sign his big one? Post premierships. Yeah, he's actually. It was a fair while after. Did, yeah, exactly. But yeah. he had won oh, after something. He'd won a, yeah, you know? after he'd won a premiership. Yeah, yeah yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah two grand finals at that point. Yeah, it's this fucking Ben Hunt thing of drop a premiership. <laughs> 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 Apparently, it's always the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, but but over oh look, I guess in this day and age, Callum Ponga is a good fullback, uh, and and you need a specialist in that position in your spine. And clearly, I mean, clearly he's he's got talent, but the problem is that the that his talent isn't equal to the the not the perception like the 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 narrative that's being pushed by by his supporters, the club. Yeah. And the general commentary around the game. What I feel that in that situation, at that million dollar a year plus level, yep, you need to be a solo tide changer. Yep, you need to be the Tomololo that is going to come in, and teams just know. Like when you're back from injury, the first week back, they're like, "Oh fuck, he's back." 
there's 250 extra run meters yep. for that team. You need to be the James Tedesco. Yeah. Who is just going to be far above and beyond everybody else on any other field that weekend in terms of activity yep. and and reading the play from that fullback position. Yeah. That's what you need to be delivering. Yep. Um, so, again, Luke, we may be forced to eat our words and the Knights may build a fucking dynasty around him and... I, and do I, that, I, and I will I, happily I, do so I if that happens. Are, you know, I hope we are forced to, eat, you know, to eat our words. To be honest, I mean, I don't. I'm not shitting on the guy. I'm shitting on more the narrative mm. that's being that yeah. surrounds the guy. And anything that gives kids a name to scream out when they're playing footy in the backyard, yep, is a good thing. Yep. You know, at the moment, it's the name you call when you pass it over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't pass it and you've got four mates outside you <laughs> screaming at you. It's a name they scream. <laughs> Fucking ponger! <laughs> uh, do you have any other articles or news stories through the week that you want to touch on? Um, uh, our, our dear friend R.I.P. Giannis sent yes. us the good one about your mate. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be a mailbag, but yeah. I wanted to leave that to recaps too, but yeah, I fucking love it. I love it. Yeah. Do something about it. Dead set. Fucking penalise penalise, or mm. say obstructions are okay if the person dives. Mm. Or you know, something like that. I don't you know, I don't know what you would what you would do. But I hope it's fucking intentional. I hope he's doing yeah. it on purpose. Because you know what? He is. It fucking works. And here's the thing, right? At this point in time, I know that people may be expecting, looking forward to, a nice little fucking jovial DCE impersonation. <laughs> but this is more serious than that. It's exactly the same as what the fucking purple cheating cunts do in terms of the wrestle on the chicken wings. It is taking... Well, a, no, it, chicken wings are No, actually it's illegal. taking the rule of a game and it is twisting it so you are no longer within the spirit of the rules of the game yeah, to try that. and get an advantage. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, it's and it's, it's fucked. It's not in the spirit of the game. But you know what? There's an easy fucking... There is an easy way to stop it. You know how you stop it? Receive the ball on the outside the shoulder. Yeah, that's 100%. it. If you receive the ball outside the shoulder, it doesn't fucking matter what they do. No, if even if the ball is received on the outside shoulder... If they well, have stopped in the line look, and yeah, impeded. No, yeah, but that's the thing. There are these steps. That, that's what I mean. If they don't, don't stop in the line, make sure you receive the ball in the mm-hmm. right place because the thing about the obstruction rule is it's not influenced by diving anymore. It's a black and white decision and it usually stops where the guy receives the pass. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. So Yeah, but again, even if the ball's received on the outside shoulder, this goes down to, and I will fucking... Uh, give that it's the fuckheads in the bunker that think they can read a mind and say that it was or was not a defensive decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that one of his, it was so fucking blatant. But once again, don't stop in the fucking, if you're a decoy runner, don't stop in the line. Yeah, exactly. Don't stop in exactly. the line. Oh, so again, Corey didn't really sit in the line. He was moving through it. He wasn't. He, and no, Cherry because, had made contact with him. No, because he was already past. It was like already past. Like well past, yeah. So he if he just had a, he could have just kept going, kept jogging, and he would have been fine. Yeah, I know. See, so here's the thing: there's so many black and white steps to obstruction these days. If you can tick and if you can cross those T's and dot those I's. But eyes, Cherry Evans has got a history of it. I'm just trying to say that plays like that. They just take him out. I mean, they just, they target no, they, they it, target him. These decoy runners just keep targeting him because he's a fucking turnstile. But it just it goes to this 
fucking shit undercurrent in the league of, okay, so here's the rule. How can we fucking dodgy, 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 but technically still be within the rules? Well, yeah, kind and of it's exactly. Fucked. Being I nice. hope that our Lord and Savior, fucking Peter Volandius, <laughs> gets in his <laughs> private jet. Which is, do you see that? No, he, he I didn't. What, what, what? He wants to buy a fucking private fleet of jets or one jet, or I don't know how he fucking works this, um, to stop NRL being reliant on commercial airlines. That seems to be, I mean, considering private jets, you know, when you buy one, you, you're dealing with the the fuel and the maintenance and the crewing and the storage yeah. and the mate and all that sort of shit. How, it seems yeah. to me to be a worse deal than paying fucking yeah. corporate discounted- But the funniest thing about it is yeah. that when Greenberg was there, the NRL was bloated and spending too much money and yeah. uh, financially irresponsible, but now Volandis wants to do it. He's getting his dick sucked by all the fucking newspaper journals. because he's already rolled over like three weeks ago whenever it was. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, no. Um, and and again, I, you know, half taking the piss at DC here, but it's fucked that people can dive like that and get a result. I would love if they came out and said, you know what? If you fucking obviously take a dive, so obviously, which is no different to them trying to mind read and say if it was or wasn't a defensive decision. Yeah. But say if you take a dive. It's an instant fucking 10 in the bin for sending the game into disrepute. It's not fucking soccer. Don't be a <laughs> shit cunt diving fucking cum dumpster. And that's I mean, my and take he on that. He didn't actually dive. He actually tackled Oates. There's a difference. He didn't dive. He's tackled him. Yeah. Fucking smashed him, I dare say. Probably. Put him on his fucking ass. <laughs> Welcome to the second row, bitch. <laughs> um... So yeah, so nothing, nothing else. Nope. Moving on. No. New- okay. Recaps. Now, in uh, in light, as I was just saying off the microphone, that uh, in, in the light of our super long episodes, we're going to try and bring these down a little bit because we did say at the start of the season that given we were recording on Wednesday nights now, locked in every time rather than Tuesday night, which has been mostly, for most of the running of the show, been the time we recorded, we're like one fuck people are listening to the episodes the morning of the first game of the, yeah. of the following round. So the games have been done to death. So let's move in first. The mighty Manly Seagulls 20 smashed the Brisbane Broncos 18 at Central Coast Stadium in front of a record-breaking crowd post-COVID of 178. Mm. Um, <laughs> Manly's 20 came from tries to Tavita Funa, Daly Cherry Evans, and Moses Suli. Uh, Garrick, two of three conversions and a couple of penalty goals. The Broncos 18 tries to Katoni Staggs, Xavier Coates, and Darius Boyd. And Osako, three of three conversions. I'll let you have your say on this one in the interest of time. Can I just say, this was the most singularly unenjoyable fucking game of football I've ever watched in my life. And I've sat through some fucking Northern Eagles bullshit in my time. Some clangers. But this this was... And and I would like to place the blame squarely at the feet of one individual, Ashley fucking Klein. 
the one thing that this one referee system has exposed now, and I hadn't honestly hadn't noticed it until this game, really. I mean, I noticed like the the thing like Perinara refers every single try to the video ref, things yeah. like that. But with one referee, a single referee in the middle in control, it basically they don't have backup of another professional ref, professional uh, first grade game managing referee as their backup to, to remind them with, of the fucking to rules things, to look at stuff. And like Ashley Klein, there were a couple of occasions there where it looked like he just didn't know what the fucking rules were. Yeah. Like, yep. and the way that, and he just seems to be so prone and, and I would never allege any impropriety or anything like that. But if a referee did want to indulge in something like that, there's never been a greater time than now for a referee to absolutely dictate how the game's going to go. Mm-hmm. Teams have got to score tries and players have got to score points. Yep. They've, they've got to do the That's work. It. But with this subjective six again thing and the way that they're... And like you just, and you've seen it in so many games this year where the first half, one team gets all the six agains. And in the next, the second half, the other team gets all the six agains mm-hmm. and shit like that. And wins it a six again, wins it a penalty. And it was just, it just made for a fucking unenjoyable encounter. Um uh, yeah, it is interesting. I, I was having a chat with another mate who we, we were talking about it and yep. we couldn't get our heads around. And it wasn't in this game, but it's apt to bring it up. What exactly is a six again call? Because previous- What, the, what conditions have to be met to that's be awarded? It. Pre- yeah, yeah. Previously, all the penalties given, Yep, they weren't all for ruck infringements. There was a, a bunch of other stuff. Yep. And, well, and, yeah, there was like holding the guy down. There was crowding. There yeah, was, you know, offside. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, you know. Now, how is that that the onus is on the offensive team to mm-hmm. to get up quickly to play the ball? Yep. How is it not as simple as radio? So we're going to have this thing now where the referee is going to scream release, mm-hmm. and at that stage, all tacklers must put you know both arms up in the air. Yep. Release. So just get all hands off. Yep. And then both of you. It's a race to get up to... Player versus that, defender. That's yeah, it. Attack, yeah. You might then re- say, okay, we're going to relax the first marker being completely square. Okay. You, you've just got to get up yep. as fast as you can. Yep. Um, but Or at least one of them does because the punishment, if you don't, is that the the dummy half can just run, run straight up. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it. Yep. But, um, yeah. It's it's strange and it's evolving, and that was something we didn't speak about in the news. But they are looking at a trend did definitely emerge that teams have have learned how to game the system by muscling up in defence and 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 humping people in the first or second tackle. Because at the end of the day, doesn't really matter that much if it's just the one tackle. Um, uh, Obviously, better showing from the Broncos forwards uh, early on in the game, and Mm -hmm. you know with a young forward pack, I mean confidence is huge. I don't know how good a player Xavier Coates is going to be because he can't fucking defend. As he he was tested like once or twice, and he was and he was beaten once or twice in mm. defence. But at 194 centimeters, he is such just a genetic matchup advantage against fucking anybody probably. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, in his position. So if he, if he had a like, could you imagine if he was on the wing for the Roosters? Under the new rules where you can't tackle yeah. where you can't tackle a guy you know when yep. he's in the air. Yep. So can you imagine like Cooper Cronk, let's say Cooper Cronk putting in fucking kicks a meter yeah. out from the try line. Yeah. Three meters in the air. Uh-huh. No cunt in the fucking in the in the entire field can reach it except for him. Yeah. 
you can't tackle him. You got to wait for him to hit the ground before you do anything. If you mm-hmm. you either go, you either jump up and lose the contest by a meter, or you wait for him to hit the ground and he'll, and he's he's already over and he scores a try. I yeah. mean, 100%. he would he would become the greatest try scorer in the history of the fucking game. Yes. Unfortunately, he's got Milford and Brodie Croft to, to, to kick. And it became... I mean, he. it, it was funny because like Funa, obviously, in his, in his long-awaited de- debut, and he played really well apart from losing a couple of matchups where he just had such a disadvantage due to the, just the height. Yeah. But once they realized that Brodie Croft was never going to fucking put the ball over the try line. Yeah. All they, and it was always dropping down like 10 meters out. Mm-hmm. So then him and Brad Parker just said, okay, come down. Gotcha. Yep. Boom. Knocked That's it. Out and, then, yeah. and then he was rarely dangerous. You know, he was rarely dangerous mm-hmm. from that point on. Unfortunately, I mean, the, you know, the early danger did you know, yield some turnovers and a try for himself um, early on, which got the Broncos out to a, a tremendous 18-0 lead. And um, now Manly, the two weeks in a row, they've broken the record for the, the, uh, the best comebacks mm-hmm. from a fuckload of points down, usually because teams cave and, you know, lose that game 36 to 6 or something like that. But they came out in the second half. Uh, Fanua Blake was huge with the power getting injured, you know, probably 10 minutes into the game or whatever. Um, that just the first hit up after half time by mm. Fanua Blake was just like, all right, bitches, mm. this is how it's going to be. And then he proceeded to basically run a train, like 250 meter train on the yeah. Broncos, of which probably 180 meters of those were in the second half alone. Um, and then it was just then it was just the Broncos. They came back to the the Broncos that we know they are. The inexperience and the uncertainty. Matt Lodge was a massive offender. Just just trying fuckery. Just trying to slow them. They couldn't they couldn't hold them in the middle. So they're just trying anything to slow them down. And that obviously begets penalties, yep. which begets more pressure, yep. which begets tries against them, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then mm. then it just became a cascading thing of fatigue and mistakes. And you know, it, it is really interesting. Do you see the penalty count for this game? Second half was quite high in favour of Manly. It was 12-2. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but I think about seven of that would have been in the second mm. half. Yeah. yeah. Or seven, there was six or seven in a row in the second half, yep. you know, if not all in the second half. And that's just a, a direct result of having Matt Lodge in your team, mm-hmm. being exhausted, Yep. and either doing lazy shit like not squaring up or just like holding down or trying to knock the ball out or trying yeah. to fuck around and trying to do you know this yep. and that. That's it. Because they were just teetering on the edge and they just couldn't hold on any longer. Um The ultimate contrast in the use of referee uh, captain challenges mm. with the Broncos challenging shit when they, you know, you want to, when you're down and you're attacking hard in the last two minutes of the game, mm-hmm. you want to have that in your pocket. So anything that happens, just yes. fucking have a look at it. You That's know, who it. knows? We might yep. get another chance, but they fucking squander it on some dumb shit down the other end of the field. And then you get the, yeah. and they- then the flip side is Manly holding onto theirs to the very end. And the Broncos have one chance left. And so Cherry Evans goes, yeah, fuck, I'll challenge that. Yeah. Yep. Give everybody a breather. Tier A1, top tier elite shithousery that just ga- gives it just creeps mm. that small advantage and a couple of more yep. gobfuls of air that, you know, that the guys need for one last fucking stand, mm-hmm. which they got. And the thing is with the Broncos, when they had that early success with Xavier Coates, they they kind of just fucking played to that. That, that was all they had yeah. then. They go, yeah. well, fuck it. When in doubt- We'll kick over there. And then so you can just see in that last set that they had, they just go, we're going three left. And then we, we're trying to go, we're going to try and bunch yeah. them left. Yep. And then we're going to go, then we're, then we're going to go over to the right. We're going to either kick it or we're going to throw it. In the end, they end up passing it. Yep. And fucking second row of Corey Oates ended up there before he got absolutely <coughs> obliterated. 
I'm surprised Tommy didn't injure himself in that obliterating Oates over the sideline. He he didn't have a bad game. Um, Who's that? Oates. No, I think that Oates would have had a a much unhappier game if someone like Ciro was there. I think him him pulling just in defence, yeah. Just because that's he would have been he would have been lining him up the entire time. Yeah, that's it. And um and unfortunately, like you know, makeshift lineups and things like Mm. that don't quite do the. uh, Mm. Do the same job. I mean, Suli, he he didn't rate Boyd until like this, until the second half, midway through the second half, until he started, you know, get, getting some real yeah. penetration. Well, you were fucking anything. very lucky that you like a you let Darius Boyd score a try. He always scores against us, though. It's just the thing. Maybe it's a contractual arrangement. I don't know. Maybe fucking clubs just shit. But uh, it was good hey, to see at the game. Got the win. You did uh, at the game. Super fan, first lady, former first lady. Claire was there. She yep. said, uh, man, it was so good to be back watching from the stands last night. There were heaps of protocols and they were very strictly monitored. It was pretty strange with no big crowd atmosphere, but when your call echoes around the whole stadium, some pretty funny shit started coming from the stands. We could hear the crunching hits, player chat, and the clown of a ref too. Manly players giving it to Matt Lodge. Excellent work from the Seagull staff to make that happen for the long-standing members. It was good. I mean, it's such a it's such an unfair system because there's so many like ticketed members who have like you know that top tier elite you know seated you know, membership. Yep. But um, it's great that they sort of you know do that lottery and the the golden yeah. ticket thing. And now, I mean, that's I'm not sure if it's going to happen in New South Wales yet. But I mean, Queensland. I just saw they're opening up um, Suncorp. It's going to be two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Unfortunately, it's the Titans and Dragons game. I think. Which means they're Dragons gonna, have got a pretty decent following up here. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's been a long. <laughs> they have got they have got a good. Uh, they've got the oldies that have relocated up to the Gold Coast yeah. to retire and things like That's that. It. That, that remember when the the pedophile was winning ten in a row from. Uh, David in the Facebook said, as a neutral, that was tough as fuck. In the first half, the Broncos got the rub of the green. I counted three Flegler ruck bullshit plays that went the Broncos' way. At one stage, it was sixty-five thirty-five possession Broncos. The Stags' milk for six in the corner was absolutely filthy. Then in the second half, it was all manly. 70-30 possession at one stage, something like seven straight manly penalties. Just an absolutely bizarre game to watch. Uh, Phil said, glad we aimed up, but stupid mistakes cost us the game. Better than previous weeks when those mistakes cost us a flogging. That's very true. Mr. Joshua on Twitter said, people are complaining about a couple of the decisions at the end. Teams shouldn't waste their challenge and keep it up their sleeve. Everyone echoing pretty much exactly what you said. Sean said, we had plenty of opportunity to score. If only we had a highly paid half who could set up some scoring opportunities. (laughs) To which Kevin said, that's so true. Milf needs a talking to or dropped for a few games. I'm so over him drifting in and out of games. How true is that? You've got fucking Benji who's winning games almost single-handedly getting dropped. Yeah. And milfs on a million bucks a year. Yeah, I guess that's 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 the important thing, isn't it? Mm, that's it. It's hard to have a million with no lower grade competition in action at the moment. It's mm. a, it's hard to have a million dollars just sat on the sidelines. And uh, we'll give the last word on that one to our old mate Toto TV. Said, not sure what hurts more, fifty nine nil or up eighteen nil and blow it to fucking manly of all teams. You deserve all the very fucking worst things in life. Don't be a fucking smart ass cunt. I said, I actually replied to that and said, "Look, the important thing is, as long as it hurt." <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking. It was satisfying. One of the most repugnant games we ever watched and had to live through. Unenjoyable to the max. Mm. But the the after the afterglow was fucking mint. 
Yes, it was. The Warriors 37 defeated the North Queensland Cowboys 26. Fucking mayhem. Central Coast Stadium. The Warriors 37 came from tries to Herbert, Katoa, uh, Pompey, Carl Lawton, and a hat trick to main man Peter Hiku. He's back. <laughs> uh, Nikarima, three of six conversions and a penalty goal and a field goal. And uh, the Cowboys 26 came from tries to Valentine Holmes, Justin O'Neill, Frank, murderous Frank Molo, and uh, a double to Kyle Felt who also got three of five conversions. It, this was like the most enjoyable game of the round yeah. for me, I think. You remember a couple of years back when the Warriors graduated from Rocks and Diamonds within a game mm-hmm. to complete Rocks or Diamonds game to game? Yeah. So they'd have one game where they were just absolute fucking trash yeah. and then another game where they'd come out and just be world beaters? Yeah. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who'd have thought? Maybe it was COVID-16. <laughs> you know, who'd have thought? You, you get a group of guys that have arguably the best mix of size and athleticism in the league, a dynamic fucking fullback, uh, one half that, can on his day be up there with the best of the best as a game manager mm-hmm. and another half to to counter him who's small and crafty and 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 good at accelerating you know zero yep. to a hundred yep. very very quickly it, who'd have thunk if if they just hold the ball and <laughs> gust things out and don't do that warriors stuff where you know as soon as the ball passes them in the defensive line they think that it can never ever come back to their side yeah yeah they that, and remember they, 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 got, they got past that was last year was it or was the year before that there was there was a time there where they year actually before. they actually got oh, past that I think it was last year yeah or at least the first half of last year but yeah. they actually, they actually yep. stopped that yeah. shit yeah and then and, and could tackle and it just creeps back in but yeah, um, it does it does but look I will celebrate every Warriors win that they get in this season yes. with the conditions under which that they you know they they're, they're suffering uh, and except against my team and. Um, and this was a this was an entertaining game because it was just tries glory, especially at the end. It was like, yeah, the, the Warriors did enough to pull away, and they had the game won. But then the yep. Cowboys they had another yep. crack, and it wasn't like super out of the question. But yeah, it was very entertaining. And uh, Cody Nikarima loving his new role as a uh, non Bronco, as, as yeah, yeah, as a as a non Bronco, and yeah. also uh, installed as a as a half again, um, thanks to. Oh, mate, Steve Kearney watching my uh, Twitch streams. <laughs> <laughs> Where I use the lethal duo but, of Greeny and Nicarima with a great effect. But just looking at it, you know, the Warriors missed 16 tackles that match. Yep. Normally, you look at their stats. It's like 35. Yeah, they're up, yeah. a, they're up, you know, high 20s, yep. mid 30s. And that's a standard week for them. Yep. Now, they still leaked points. It's not like they held the Cowboys to nil. Yeah. Um, but that's not. That's not a, a, a cowboy side without attacking weapons, you know? That's it. Uh, but when they can control the tempo of a game, woof, that Warriors side. One disappointing thing, though, is uh, where all of the Warriors fans were because uh, I, I don't know where they were. But Josh said, Clifford is too much of an excited puppy with a ball. Uh, yeah, he's young. I don't mind him. I rate him. You think the Cowboys are going to be okay post-Granville? Well, they're going to have to be, right? 
Hmm? They, they, they gotta be. Yeah. That's how it is. Any word on where he's going to turn up yet? No. Mm. Is he officially out yet or is it just like he's he's good to go if he can find a place? I think that's where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, James said, Eli the best Katoa, a Melbourne Storm former Adam Blair and Cody played with a level of creativity unbecoming of a former Bronco half. Sums it up nicely. <laughs> Troy said, cut and paste again. Fuck rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> and we will give the final word to an OG listener with an OG style of comment. A hiku haiku. Oh. Peter, have no seen you in a very long time. I hope you go to Club Tropo after a good game. Local thoughts will give a good time. That's fantastic. It is the the, the concept is fantastic. And I know that in the in the year of our Lord 2020 the the haiku form does allow for some variability in structure regarding syllables per line and number of lines. But my God, that couldn't have been further away from haiku structure. I don't know. Maybe I read it wrong. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the fact that it had more than three lines is, is the first. <laughs> I remember seeing it on Peter, the- have no seen you. In a very long time, I hope you go to Club Tropo. After a good game, local thoughts will give a good time. Yeah. There that seems like there's like a five to seven lines yeah. there. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't know. The Parramatta Eels, 16, defeated the Penrith Panthers, 10, at uh, Bankwest. And uh, the Eels, 16, tries to... Uh, it was a Wanger Blake revenge game. Yeah, it certainly one. was. And he, and he acted accordingly. Uh, Gutherson and Madison uh, with tries. Moses, two or three conversions. Panthers, 10, came through tries to Brian To'o and Josh Mansour. And uh, Cleary, one of two conversions. Mm. What did you make of this one? Uh, I'm, overall, I'm really, really happy with this game in terms of the way that the team played together for the most part of 80 minutes. The difference, I think, was losing Capewell early because yep. that meant that there was just that little bit more fatigue in the boys, and that there was a, a 10-minute stretch, maybe not even that, maybe a six-minute stretch, where Crichton's just fucking forgotten where he was. Yeah. Uh, and and Blake got He was listening to the show last twice. week where we were fucking pumping him up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I've told you before, the, most dang, the, the riskiest thing in the world is a Penrith Panthers player that realises they might be a good player. <laughs> that's fucking kryptonite. Uh, but looking across the team... The forwards, again, were absolutely solid. They kept their mistakes in check. They're keeping their penalties in check. Um, Cleary was absolutely fucking masterful coming back just in terms of how he directed their sets, and they're starting to get to that style of play that I've been aching for for the longest time in that think of everything as a two-set matchup. You know, End your offensive set to begin your defensive set. It's not that Penrith thing of every single kick needs to be a fucking attacking Hail Mary, um, high risk, high reward kick that if it doesn't go our way, which the majority of them don't, ends up with the other team starting their set off on the 30. Um, As a game, this was fucking great to watch because both teams just went at each other. This is probably the true match of the round, I think. Just hammer and tongs. 
and it was end, it was true end to end stuff where each team was starting their set, you know, on or near enough their twenty, and was finishing fucking close to the, the opposition try line, and then it would go back the other way. It was just attacking football at its best. Uh, Mansour was good. Um, I I really just think that Burton's the answer in the halves um, to to partner Cleary. But, you know, it wasn't a lot that Luai did wrong, you know. Um, obviously, the week before, his fifth tackle options weren't great. This week, I think he did a better job of just supporting. I think he, he is better in that supporting role. Uh, but to Parramatta's credit as well, they just came out and kept doing what they've been doing well all season. They're one of those teams now where previously Parramatta would get out there and the first 20 minutes of a game dictated their fate. Yeah, you know they were fucking brittle emotionally, and now I think purely on the back of Mitchell Moses, that team's got some belief because he's just that annoying little fucking dog with a bone that'll keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. He identified that there was a, a potential weakness in the Penrith line, and it was around some fucking youth, and he went at it and got results. So. Hit some tweets. First comment goes to Shunter, Penrith fucking tragic. Said not too upset about losing that. Still a couple of tweaks to be made to the side, but overall happy with the squad. Get Birdo starting at six to begin with. Hashtag Spurton for Burton. It's a fucking thing. It's Yiri of Cleary, Spurton for Burton. They're your choices for hashtag of the year. Fucking live with it. I'll tell you, if I had to choose one, I'd take Spurton for Burton. Chris said... Para handed a victory by a dud coaching decision. Starting Luai over Burton was the wrong decision. Sick of losing these fucking revenge games. Can't Hashtag, don't fear The Yiri of Cleary is still here. Zoran said, fuck me, I hate how Para play. When defending, they continually jump early. They definitely train for it as they go early all as one to hide the obvious tactic. In saying that, Penrith are the new Mars bar team. Hold a lead, you TikTok indie porn video blogging millennial sperm. <laughs> hey, did you see the way the Eels are trolling, trolling Cleary and that as well in the in the game? Oh, playing his TikTok dance. Yeah, yeah when he was yeah. lined up, there. and but also, but also the crowd were yelling. Yeah, yeah basically, he's on a new nickname. They're calling out TikTok now as his nickname. So uh, that's typical fucking. And that's Paramount. why, and that's why he disappeared in the second half because they, he's uh, like fucking. Yes, I am, and. I'm making more in TikTok than Kalen Pong is getting for being a hype machine. So I think I, th- I think more to, more the point was Yuri of Cleary. They got they got in his head with the song when he heard the song. He just started looking around for thoughts. Well, he's missed the well, he, he missed the conversion. Yeah, true. And then he just spent the rest of the game thinking about what his next dance was <laughs> going to be, and instead of what he should have been you know, trying to create more points to win a fucking football game. Mm. Uh, James said that game for the Panthers was like a night on the house bourbons. Starts out well, but inevitably leads to some bad decisions and lamenting about what might have been. Hashtag Eerie of Cleary. Hashtag five Cougars. Thanks. Uh, Cameron said. Hashtag Teary. Yeah, he says five Cleary. Cougars. Thanks. Can you imagine like trying to make that commercial today? Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he he basically like just he's fucking, basically just like he me too's to all over her tits yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the selling point of that ad is is massive jugs yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. or you'd have to have 
like the way they'd get around that is you'd have to bring it back. Yeah, so, you'd have to. You'd have to so yeah. at the beginning of the ad He's would have to you be down something. That way. Would have to be something like him just going five cougars, thanks, yep. staring at some titties, and then like right next to him, there's a girl looking at a a male bartender with his fucking cags hanging out of his undies and says, uh, I'll have what he's having or, you know, something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. So, mm. it's, not, not, it's not the same, is it? No. We are not the same, ho. <laughs> um, uh, Elvi said, is Gutherson the most vanilla cunt in the league? Yes, yes he is. Yes, he is. Mm. is. Is he more vanilla than Croker? Who has a lower chance of ever playing rep football? Well, I mean, you know, is, is, I don't think rep football has anything to do with the the, the level of fucking uh, vanilla bean inside a player. Oh, I'm just saying that Parramatta is a, a club record label and is a motherfucking crew. Like, I'm with you. They're king. Like, they've called this guy king. Yeah. Which just show, right? It just shows that they've got now, extremely in, low standards in, for role In other sports, people get the nickname king... Uh, uh, generally in the conversation between them and another player as the greatest of all time. Well, you know, I'm I mean... King James. Yeah, well, yeah, LeBron. Yeah, but, um, I mean, but let's take it back to rugby league. Fucking Wally Lewis, regarded widely yeah. as one of the greatest to ever play the game. Yeah. He was King Wally. Yes. And now they've got this fucking do-nothing, win-nothing fucking yeah. vanilla gronk. Who's fucking? He's 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 the king of fucking blowing ACLs. He's fucking King Nilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Parramatta, you fucking sad rabble. Fuck off back to obscurity. You good? Yep, not bitter at all. The Rabbitohs thirty-two defeat. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Are you okay? It was like if you finished the tweets. Yes. Uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs thirty-two defeat the Gold Coast Titans twelve at Bankwest. Crowd of four hundred and fifteen. The Rabbitohs thirty-two came through tries to Latrell, Alex Johnson, uh, Braden Burns, and a double to Gay Guy. Reynolds five of five conversions and a penalty goal. The Titans twelve came from tries to Sammy and Bryce Cartwright. Ash Taylor two of two conversions. Mm. Well, Cody back. Rabbitohs. Run, fucking run, rabbit, run. Rabbitohs back, but also, and like Latrell, he is still not a fullback, no matter how much they want to fucking say he is. But with Cody back in the side, he is fucking deadly in attack. Yes. Like, he was deadly. Yes. So, yeah. I guess he, it full, you know, it was, okay, it was the Titans, but fullback woes aside, he could have walked off the field with a fucking, with a buzz and a smile on his yep. face because he was great. In attack. That that was exactly the game yep. that he needed. And yep. this is the thing with Latrell. You're gonna get like that that fucking flick on yep. that he does that he has close to perfected. Mm -hmm. You get that. Um he throws that bullet cutout pass yep. that you know most good attacking fullbacks can throw mm -hmm. these days. Uh and there was that game last week where he went to try that pass and the yeah. ball just went straight forward, slipped yep. out of his hands. But the more he starts to tip the scales towards the highlight play, apart from the fuck-up play, yep. the better he's going to get. Yep. And it's that, um, you know, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. that the better he gets, the more confidence he gets, the more confidence he gets, the, the better, better he gets. He gets. Yep. Uh, so it was an absolutely perfectly timed game. To the Titans' credit, in the beginning, they came out there and, and stuck with 
one of the heavyweights of the of the competition. You know, they had a, a better than expected game the week before and knocked off opposition they weren't expected to. Yeah, and I mean, and then the game got to the point where it was gone from them. You know, by half time, mm. but the second half they actually fought pretty hard. Yeah, and the thing with the Titans, they they did that Titan thing. You know, so the the bunnies went out early, and the Titans hit back, and they hit back well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a simple play, but it was well executed. It was crisp. And then the set after points, they knock on. Mm-hmm. It's it's just that pure Titans thing where they do something great and then sabotage themselves. So it's kind of like how I live my life. <laughs> it's kind of like a it's it's kind of like a, a metaphor for the Gold Coast itself. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna sabotage their whole day? That's me. That's me. <laughs> um, I, I thought. Fogarty was clean. Um, his kick placement was good. The the fact that that the Titans probably held a little bit of ascendancy for the second half will give them a little bit of confidence in what they can do. Uh, and also for Souths. Again, it was the Titans, and maybe they weren't ever really in danger. Yeah. But the fact that Souths could take that pressure yeah. uh, and, and really play on with it, I think will do them... Um, Latrell's fucking move on Jai Arrow. That was one of the prettiest things I've seen on a football field this year. Yep. Um, was was probably going to be the move of the round until Teddy had his fucking physics <laughs> bending. Like, I'm moving this way and I'm gathering the, the ball, ball the other way, and, yeah. like, <laughs> not understanding how forces work. Um, but, yeah, good on the rabbits. Get some tweets. Ben said, Am I the only one who thinks the Titans played well? A few things didn't quite stick to blow the final score out. No, we think that as well. Uh, Matt said, Apart from Jai Arrow, who else is giving their all week in, week out for the Titans? I think Ash Taylor's getting better. Yeah. Um, He's still... Not, not what he probably should be at this stage of his career. Who was who? They say is the one that's giving the Jai Arrow. Oh, what about Mo as well? Yeah, he's freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, John said, "I actually thought the Titans were going to make a contest of it through the first fifteen. That theory died quick, though. Latrell looked pretty good, albeit against a lesser opposition. Well summed up." Uh, and Hammers said, sure, it wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible either. Whatever, at least we have the bye next week. Hmm. <laughs> Famous last words. Yes. That may have been revised after after Sunday football. <laughs> uh, you done? Yeah. The Storm, 26, or as, uh, as the fans like to call them, the Storms, 26 to feed the Newcastle Knights, 12 uh, at Central Coast Stadium. No crowd figure there mm. that I have. Uh, the Storm 26 came through tries to Riley Jacks, Cameron Smith, uh, Brandon Smith, superhuman, and uh, Tino Fasamalui with the last one. Uh, Cameron Smith, four of four conversions and a penalty goal. Hmm. The Knights 12 came through tries to Bradman Best and uh, Edric Lee, Ponga, mm-hmm. one of two conversions and a penalty goal. So Edric Lee would go close to my vote so far in the season Yeah, for most improved player. Yeah. And just, just because, like, you know, he was always athletically gifted. Yep. Um, had some fucking fumbles in him. But 
the consistency that he's played with, I think, has been a major part of this Knights team to give them some strike power in their back line, apart from Ponga. Because, you know, Ponga's always going to be there. They're always going to involve him in their plays. But Edric's been fucking very, very good. This one, unfortunately, was they got the dud pierce. You know, the week before, Mitchell Pierce was... was You'd look at him and you'd think, okay, that's a representative level half. Yep. The way that he put them where they needed to be, the way that he, you know, tailored his plays for not only what the defense was doing, but also for what his attack was able to do in those situations. It was very, very good. This week, um, I don't know whether it was nerves. I don't know whether someone got under his skin. I don't know whether he just got the fucking yips. This was the first game where of the the resumed season though, where where the Knights were like, you know, like this is other Knights a contender. This is the yeah. big, you know, you know, this is their biggest test thus far, and you know, all that oh, sort of shit look, around they, the game as well. They, you know? they went down to a fucking clearyless Penrith. Um, you know, they, well, they lost a moral victory. They actually, regardless, won a moral victory in that game. No, they did, and they were pongolous too in that game too. Yeah, which makes them so, better. I mean, so we're talking hype machine versus hype machine, two players that are that are spoken of a lot but deliver little. Well, exactly, and that's the point. Ponga delivers so little, especially in terms of a pass to 97 unmarked people on his outside, <laughs> that he is a benefit when he's not there. <laughs> so, um, and this comes down to, again, you know, uh, say what you want about the spirit of the game and how he plays it, but... Cameron Smith is getting better week on week at these new fucking rules and the new yeah. fucking. He was looking a little bit cooked. Game. When was he looking cooked? Like probably the first game back or the second yep. game. He, first he, and second. Yeah, he was looking out of it. Yep. Like he just couldn't deal with it. But now I think he's just figured a way to exert his influence. Yes. Uh, different to the you know different to the old way, but you know influence nevertheless. And there's been a lot of comments about what he's doing. Did you see mm-hmm. the videos of him during the week? He's basically standing where the pocket referee used to stand. Yeah. And, and being the pocket referee, yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, time to see how how much balls the fucking NRL's got. Yeah, I mean, talk, they're talking a lot of shit right now about we're going to simp in people for this and that and the other. Mm. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we will. Well, I mean, remember when they had this? They started simping people fucking heaps. Was it like started last year for holding was, down yeah, or wrestle? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, and and it actually did. It actually worked, but they lost their yeah. nerve because people were like, oh, fucking too many simbins. You, you know, it's, oh, it wasn't that. It was too many penalties because yeah. it was slowing the game down. Yeah. yeah. I'd honestly think that, you know what would be great here? A fucking send-off, and then the minute they fucking argue, oh, sorry, sin bin them, yep. so just say 10 in the bin, and then the minute they turn around and want to speak and don't walk off, you go, fuck it, that's it, you're gone. That's it, you're gone for the air. Yeah, see ya. Fuck Upgra- off. Upgrade to the deluxe package. Yeah, that's yep. it. Yep. Um, that'd be wonderful. Uh, Brandon Smith, fucking superhuman, that try, which was the one that basically iced the game yeah. for him. How he fucking scored that try under like three, four fucking people. <laughs> that dude is fucking tough, man. Like, so put yourself your your Bellamy, right? You've it's got. It's true. I am a massive cunt. Sorry. Oh, look! I would suggest <laughs> Bellamy is a fucking hero. So, well, uh, I'd say he's not a cunt at all. He's why is he a hero? Because he fucking. Gets what he wants by threatening the safety of people's family. Yeah, that's fair enough. I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> so you you have at the moment a tale of three hookers. Yes. You have Captain Cuntox, mm-hmm. who won't actually fucking tell anyone Captain what he's doing. Cockroach, who just won't fucking die. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you have superhuman. Yep. Who's fucking diving on metaphorical microwaves every week for you. (laughs) Whoop, whoop. And then you have your fucking North Korean spy at the dumpster fire tigers. Yeah, and he's and all he's really learning is how clubs shouldn't be run. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, what do you do? Does Look, Grant, is think, Grant your priority for the nine? I think that the West, I think the West Tigers are probably going to be very happy with their long term purchase of Harry Grant because three doesn't go in the one. Mm. Cameron Smith, I he could, I don't know how long he's going to play for. He could though, he could play for another three years easily. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't seem to have, like... I thought that maybe he was starting to, starting to catch him in that first game after the resumption. Yep. But, like, watching this game, I've, he's, he was fine. He was exactly back to his old self again. Yeah. So, I think he could play on. But there comes the point where the club has to be tough and either think think about moving him somewhere elsewhere or, like, you know, maybe starting him from the bench or something so that he can guide a young hooker through their formative time, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But... I'd, three doesn't go into one though, so it's it's going to be Smith or, or Harry Grant are going to not be there because thinking outside the box here. Okay, and it's not a perfect solution. I think a perfect solution would be Smith as a six, if they had a game managing, controlling Cronk clone. Yeah, that that they'd had. Unfortunately, none of the replacements for Cronk that yeah. they've had have have elevated to even close to the yeah, level of that level. of game management or or just consistency and regularity that the storm thrive on. Because yeah. I mean at the moment, Cameron but, Smith and then with you know and then with Brandon coming on relief, there you've got two guys in the first grade side. Mm-hmm. Could Harry Grant be like you know, could you know, if Cameron Smith retired then it'd be great. You shift Harry in and then Brandon Smith's still a weapon off the bench. Which that's it. Best case scenario. But best I'm case scenario. I'm suggesting that maybe if Jerome doesn't reach some sort of fucking consistency. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's on the fucking outer. Smith, if you can do one thing, it's manage a fucking game. Like, yeah. there'd obviously need, probably need to be some work on his long kicking game. Yeah. But he's adept at those short little kicks out of dummy half. He's adept at the fucking, you know, deep driving kicks for territory. Yep. It leaves Munster free to roam, and then you've got Superhuman and Grant yep. rotating as your hookers. That's the best case scenario, but where they, whereby they. Well, that's keep if all he three. doesn't fuck off. Yeah, that's where they keep that's all three. It. I mean, I've seen Brandon Smith saying that, being quoted that he's been promised the the nine for next season, and if that's the case, then they're probably just like, kind of resigned that Grant mm. won't be, you know, won't be there. Mm. And at the end of the day, I mean, he, you know, he's he's the one that left too. Yeah, that's it. So it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't superhuman that left to go and have a stint in another club just because he's so you know. Yeah, so intent on game time or yeah. salty about you know, the, his 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 mentor. Yeah, like not retiring. You, it's it's almost like can you imagine if you were like Alessandria Ambrosio, and if you don't know who that is, fucking first of all, go and have a good long hard look at yourself in the mirror. Oh, then no Google her. That is. Oh Jesus Christ! No. Um, what does she do? She looks Thoughts hot. on Instagram. No, no, she's pre Instagram. Okay, what's she thought on? Uh, Victoria's space. Secret. Okay, but she actually did. She actually do anything other than just like lion sand. No, she looks hot. That's her. Yeah, okay. That's her talent. All right, nice. and it's a fucking talent. But if you're her, right? Harry Grant going to the Tigers, that would be like her boyfriend saying, "Look, you're great, but I really have this thing where I just need 
to go to this brothel that exclusively has girls with fucking weeping herpes on their vag, and I need to just lick it. <laughs> that that's him going to the tigers. So you're right. I and get. do you want and 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 do you want that sort of person back around your your no. vag after you after, after no. been on their sabbatical? That's it. You don't. And they don't even shower after it. They just sort of like wipe their mouth with a KFC moist towelette, and that's his version of a shower. Yeah, no, Harry. Fuck Harry. A KFC yeah. moist. To be fair though, like a KFC moist towelette is probably is probably more hygienic than what the fucking British people do. <laughs> 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 uh, it's mm. a tweet. Fuck! Did we get any tweets for that? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm sure Super Grover said something. Yep. It was. It was. It was. It was really fucking annoying. Hmm. Anyway, the Canberra, Canberra Raiders 14 defeat the West Tigers 6 at Campbelltown Stadium. The Raiders 14 tries to Whiten and Kotrick. Uh, Croker 3 of 3 conversions. The West Tigers 6 came through tries to Luke Brooks and a uh, penalty goal to Moses Mbai. Mm. Fucking, you know, again, he's not uh, going to challenge Edric for the most improved player, but uh, fucking Whiten, he's gone up a level. Like, he, he was great last year, and he yeah. was instrumental no, in Canberra he, doing think, their I run. Think he's, I think he's about the same as um, he was at, at the end of last year. I just think he's taking a little bit more responsibility game to game. Last year, he definitely played that supporting half role and, and interjected himself when needed. Uh, but this year, he he seems to be demanding the ball a little bit more often. You remember last year, he'd go missing. Well, not, not necessarily go missing, but just not be involved yeah. for large stretches of the game. Uh, the Tigers in defence was very good. The Raiders were... They'd still look out of sync yeah. in a lot of their attack. Uh, but you've still got some fairly big fucking weapons there, like guys yeah. like Kotrick and you know, Nickel Klogstad on his day. But but the Tigers' defense was very, very good. Their scramble defenses especially, I thought was good. And that's one of those things that you'd look for as exactly. a fan. Yep. If you're having all of these fucking losses, if you're doing things like losing to the Titans... That effort defense, that scramble defense, that's something you can go, okay, well, fuck, at least we're doing that. At least we're not letting them walk over. There's not. There's nothing really that can cure a loss to the Titans, that can cure the no, feelings you get after a loss to the no, Titans. not at all. Um, to the Raiders, though, the concern I had coming out of this one, and again, it wasn't that they played badly at all. Their defense was very, very good as well. Mm-hmm. They are a little bit out of sync in their attack. But it's that they had to wait for the game to present a moment to them to lift. So mm-hmm. it was obviously the Packer sin bin, which was a yep. major turning point in the game. West Tigers fans are like, I thought that I thought that prick retired. I thought he was, oh, me- no. I thought he was medically retired. And they go then. Then it went from it went from I thought he was medically retired when they saw the team sheet to, gee, I wish he was fucking medically retired. <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't just that as well. I mean, then he came back and gave away yes. another fucking penalty after. That's you know. it. So, uh, Justin Pascoe signed off on that one. Yeah. Enjoy that, Tigers yep. fans. Yep. You've got him forever. You are his forever home. <laughs> he will be sitting on your fucking scoreboard, punching cunts. <laughs> yeah, stomping cunts with cigarettes <laughs> on the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that Raiders side really should have, given what they went through last year together, yep. really should have the fucking minerals to lift themselves in a match, to realize, 
hey, this has turned into a fucking swamp grind that we didn't expect. Yep. We need to come together, lift our intensity and get out of this. And they weren't able to do that on their own. They had to wait for the game to, to fucking give them something on a platter, yep. which they went, oh, okay, now we're going to lift our intensity. Um, and and who knows what, what the reasons for that are. But they did enough, you know. Um, Harry Grant was fucking brilliant again for the Tigers, if, if they can keep him long term. Uh, Reynolds, what do you think of the Reynolds versus Benji experiment? Look, he was solid, actually. I mean, like, I was, I was hoping he would spectacularly crash and burn, um, you know, because how dare they fucking drop Benji. Mm. But he, was, he, was, he wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the fact that the Tigers scored six points and that six points was scored through a scramble off a, yeah. off a, a, a high kick. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe you could do with someone that can generate some, you know, more offense. Yep. Because I don't see Reynolds as that guy. No. Reynolds is a solid anchor for Brooks, but Brooks ain't going to step up. He's fucking too scared to do anything. Yeah, that's so, it. Yeah. Yeah, hasn't he fucking gone into a shell this yeah. year? Like, yeah. he, he was a lot of things, but he was never the guy that would shirk. No. He, he might not pull the right trigger, but he's, um, yeah, he's He's doing- socially distancing himself right now from, uh, well, he's from, from the game of rugby league and the responsibilities that he. Uh, he's an early leader for the Madeline McCann Trophy at this year's Twillies. Yeah, is that a trophy now? Apparently, I'm all for it. Correct. Uh, Dylan in the Facebook group said, "I literally had a nightmare last night that I was a West Tigers fan and we finished ninth. <laughs> I'm a Panthers fan, and it woke me up abruptly." <laughs> Uh, John said, that was a solid game. Both teams defended very well. I wasn't expecting it to be such a grind, but credit to the Tigers. They played like Maguire was going to cut them from the team if they didn't show up. The halves were the difference in the end. It's a pretty apt review. Chris said, beating mediocre pussies is really pretty. Tough four out of five games coming up for the Raiders now will be a struggle if they keep these dud first halves up. That is very true. Our old friend Stuart said, uh, I think the most offensive thing about the Tigers is the brief patches showing that they actually do have the potential to match it with the best. Just fucking be permanently useless and stop fucking with our emotions, please. Uh, Eddie said, shocked to see Russell Russell Packer being so aggressive. That's not his go. Josh said, BJ trying to strip every tackle. Obviously forgotten he's not a Raider anymore. Josh Reynolds, solely responsible for all of Canberra's tackle restarts. Ha, ha, ha. Mm. Uh, Sam said, Moses Embai is mediocrity personified. Yes, he is. And we'll give the final word, lighting a candle again to Big T. Said, I enjoyed tonight despite the loss. Lots of good signs for both teams. All trolling aside, I don't know where your lots of good signs are. Your scramble defense was good. And I'm all for lighting candles and everything too, but I mean, there is a point where you accept it's just accepting mediocrity and not yeah, demanding better. That's it, you know, like that's it. Like your scramble defense was good, yeah, and your best player might not be there next year, yeah. Your player's player from last year has just chosen to go to the Gold Coast Titans, yeah, in instead of trying to work back, like how. You know, fucking Madge is dropping cunts left, right, and center. You think opportunities may present themselves. Yeah. yeah. So, hmm. 
The uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons, 30, defeated the Cronulla Sharks, 16, uh, at Campbelltown Stadium. The Dragons, 30, came uh, two tries to Dufty, Hunt, McInnes, Rabalawa with a double, and Zach Lomax, five of five conversions. Fucking when it happens, it happens. Yeah, certainly the Sharks, does, 16, it? tries to Hiroti, Katoa, and Wade Graham, Sean Johnson. I just, my eyes just went blurry, and I, and I almost said Sharon Johnson, two of three conversions. It, it, it's right. I, I've sat there and I've tried to think of all of the, um, you know, possible reasons, and I've come up with some fucking doozies. But even, even down to the fact that is is half of the dragons' problems just that they don't fucking know who's who and where they are. Like well, Mary seems to seems to chop and change so so much, and he and he he doesn't really. I mean, how many times is he actually given a lineup to actually settle and see what it can? This can is the do? thing, and, and I mean, I get it. He's under the pump, and, and you know, he has to try and turn things yep. around week on week immediately. Yep. But and so yeah. much of rugby league is combinations and yep. familiarity, yep. and that goes down to well, okay, I know that our fucking halves are Hunt and Norman, mm-hmm. and I know what the back of Corey Norman's head looks like, mm-hmm. and so I know where the back of his head is and where I need to be in terms of that and where I'm running on this play. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, oh, no, hang on. He's fucking fullback this week. And so, Ben Hunt's on the bench. So I see him here. You know, it, it can't be fucking good. Looking at that as well, you know, that they've got a million-dollar player, a million-dollar-a-season player as a bench utility. Yep. You know, that's... And I... Obviously, you do the best thing for the team. If that's his best position and that's where you're winning, then you just fucking chew up the fact that you have the world's most expensive super sub. Yep. But but really, you know, the, the issue I have with that is Ben Hunt doesn't seem to be on board with it. No, he doesn't. He's, he's publicly stated he wants to... Yeah. Yeah, he wants to play in the halves. That's it. But... At the same time, I mean, he wants to you know, play first grade too, I think. And, you know, with each with each game that happens like this, you know, it makes his arguments weaker. Yeah. Because yeah. he's actually quite good as a super sub. Hmm. Yeah, 100%. And, and has that modern hooker, you know, physique mm-hmm. and, and was, you know, till recently, was never a poor defender. Yeah. You know, would always get in and put his body on the line. Um, to the Sharks, they look like they're lacking motivation and direction. They don't have anyone on the field. Well, Wade Graham. Yeah, yeah. but... And Dugan of all people. Fuck <laughs> Dugan's a fucking leader. <laughs> yeah, look, I hear Chad, jo- Chad Townsend. Mm. What a... F- <laughs> What a, I mean, I'm, I know that I'm not Robinson Crusoe out here on this island here. What a fucking waste of space that dude is. Yeah. If it were my team, I would be fucking furious. Yep. Especially after you haven't got a win all season. You finally crack it for a good win last yep. week. Without him. When Chad's not there. Yeah. And he comes back this week and then you just revert to be the exact same side that we've seen. Yeah. Weeks one through fucking four or three or whatever it was. It. I didn't think it would be the Sharks just because of... Yeah, you know, fucking look at them. Like they've got yeah. Well, yeah. Again, we didn't have Cherry fucking being banned for four years. Um, Ronaldo wasn't proven to be an absolute 
fucking lazy cunt yeah. in everything but a couple of attacking runs. But I didn't expect the Sharks to be the big losers out of the new play style, and I think they are. Because I but think it's just that it's like player general player efforts. Like last week, there's no Chad, and Aaron Woods actually played a fucking great Didn't game. He, just? he was fucking great. Yeah. And I never thought those words would leave my mm-hmm. mouth fucking ever. But you are nothing if not honest. I'm I would I give credit where it's due. To I, a fault. I give it. Mm. But um yeah, then Chad comes back this week. Yeah, talk about a fucking handbrake. Oh. But in saying that, I think they have been the the biggest um, or the, the slowest to react. Yeah. That that old shark style of football where we will fucking drag you down to the mud yep. and grind you and grind you and grind you. And I don't just, think that exists anymore, though. It doesn't. Yeah. But they're still trying to play it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, at, at some stage, why have you bought fucking Sean Johnson? He's like, born for this when the, fucking... Exactly. <laughs> when the NRL gods are going, here's this new style we want the game to go in, yep. they're going, oh, cool, Sean Johnson, you're fucking great at this. Yeah. You know, whatever team you're on should be winning fucking 10 premierships in a row. But he's not utilised. No. So, it's, uh, yeah. And unfortunately, they're now starting to be the, the recipients of the rumour mill. Yeah. They've got a very inexperienced coach. The only reason I'd say he's still in a job is because there's really no replacement, and they're being linked to fucking. They're being linked Paul to coaches. Green, I saw. Yeah, who aren't even. Like yeah. he's, there was talk that he I was on the chopping block. Yeah, but I mean, after the way but, the Cowboys have performed yeah. this year, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be necessarily thinking he's the first to be fired. Yeah, or even in the you know immediate firing line yeah. at all. Uh, you know, they'd be nothing if not competitive, and you know they've won some good games as well. And they're going through a, st- a, st- a stint at the moment mm. without Tom Lolo. Mm. So, um, but they've been linked to Eddie Jones, a fucking yeah. rugby union coach. Yeah. That's yeah. the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. And this is the thing: it started on one of the fucking channel. I think it was a channel or a Fox show, whatever it was, where someone's just said it. Yeah. And now it's a thing. But why did they even say it? I didn't see what I didn't see what it was. Because what? they're fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, but. But if there's no major worries at the club, that shit doesn't get traction. So right, it's going to be a up. long fucking season for the Sharks, I think. Oh, well, they deserve it. They certainly do. Uh, Bronco White. Now, hang on. Have we got a fucking story about how he's named Bronco, but he's not a Broncos fan? Yeah, he's a Dragons fan. We um, I remember when he first hit the Facebook group, there, were talk, there was talk yeah. about it. Yeah, okay. Uh, said, I will take the belt back a notch and only play in excess's greatest hits tonight and maybe even just oil up a sneaky snack-sized Mars bar. Eat a bag of red and white dicks, you drug-fucked cunts. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Matt in the Facebook group said, and with that, the Dragons were resigned to being stuck with Mary as the head coach and Hunt as the hooker for the foreseeable future. Our old friend Ben Dunn said, Rugby League isn't speaking to me, which is good. At least he's moved into straight denial from fucking refs faulting about absolutely everything. <laughs> Ash said, are we back in footy ISO? What season is this replay from? <laughs> <laughs> Mitch said, the Sharks doing the old school ground playground trick of letting the younger brother beat them to help get all the bullies off their back. In these testing times, the real heroes shine through. Hashtag so brave. <sighs> Michael 
Sharks showing why they were put in the same conversation as the Bulldogs, Titans, and Dragons. But them losing means the Tigers stay ninth. Is that what we failed to realise? That they never could have won this game? It was impossible. Just the, 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 the sheer burn. The universe, the universe would have. Universe, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm, interesting. Uh, Troy said, we are duds. No more to say. Giannis said, in 2005, we were 0-4. and four. We then won 16. We then sacked that coach and five years later won the most magnificent grand final ever. Hashtag 4D chess, motherfuckers. Oof, I liked you better when you were fucking permabanned. <laughs> and uh, Special K Online said, Our seven cares more about getting shit haircuts to make the boys laugh and doing talk over the town pod than performing. Direct correlation between him playing and us losing in 2020. See it? Correct. The uh, Roosters 42 defeated the Doggies 6 at Bankwest. Uh, the Roosters 42 came through tries to uh, Flano Jr., Brett Morris, a double to Angus Crichton, and a hat-trick to James Tedesco. Uh, seven of seven conversions to Kyle Flanagan. And he actually played great too. I mean, I shat on him pretty much week on week. Talk about fucking big dick energy. Yeah. Jesus. And no, it... It is obviously much easier for a half to look great. Yeah. When you have a team of fucking world quality athletes all around you. Yep. Um, that are all doing their jobs to perfection. It's funny when you look at the difference in the systems as well, though. I mean, like, look at the, look at the mozzies. Yeah. Now. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Jay Mozzies is fucking loving life. Oh, exactly. And... And I think that's one of the benefits of great systems. And you saw it in the storm and you saw it in, you're seeing it now in the roosters. Mm -hmm. If everyone's doing their job, it reduces the job of everybody else. Yep. If, if you know that the guys inside you or outside you are going to do their job, if you know they're going to call defensive runs early, if you know they're going to be just making decisions within a set parameter... Mm -hmm. then it, you have to do less because the potential outcomes for you to have to deal with are far less. And when there's less for people to think about, they make better fucking decisions. It's not rocket science, um, but the Roosters have just figured that out absolutely beautiful. They were that crisp and that in sync with each other that it's scary. And the thing is, 42-6 is, is a, a very good scoreline, clearly, Mm. But this could have been sixty again. Yeah, easily. Yep. I mean, they really took the foot off. I mean, when they when they hit about twenty four or twenty six. Yep. They they were beating the clock at that. Or they were just about at the clock at that stage. Mm -hmm. And they really took the foot off. And I mean, it wasn't. I mean, the doggies did lift, and they certainly didn't give it to them as easily as they had been up to that point. Correct. But but you know the doggies were doing those Titan things. Yeah. You know they. They get in, the Roosters had their early try, and oh my God, you know, the I, I was watching it with somebody else, um, and they didn't believe me when I said you can't cast the the NRL app to oh, your yeah, TV, yeah. and they're trying to cast it, and I'm like, it doesn't work. I can't do it. I just, I'm fine to watch it on my phone. It's all yeah. good. No, no, no. Um, and finally, I've just gone, just, it, it won't. I know it won't. They've given me the phone back, and <laughs> it's 6 nil. It was a minute 30 odd missed. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Really? Um, the dogs then get an error 
you know, to, to put a little bit of pressure on the Roosters, Lewis drops the ball on tackle one. Yeah. Just fucking drops the ball. The other thing with the Roosters is they're doing the simple things really, really, really well. And again, it's numbers around the ball. Like Morris's pass for the, I think it was the second try, it might have been the third, um, looked fucking brilliant. But if you look at that in replay, there are four potential recipients there. Yep. So his pass doesn't have to be brilliant. It has to be in the fucking general area. Yep. And you've got four people there that will make it an effective play. Uh, then the, the fact that Lewis just looks so far out of his depth and unfortunately has no one to guide him. And that's the worst thing. You know, foreign... Foran is not the mentor for Lachlan Lewis. No. You know? And out of a dud side, I thought Kieran Foran played his fucking guts out. And it is just the cruel hands of time that he's half a step too slow. There were a couple of times where where pre-injury or maybe even uninjured and fit Kieran Foran. Yep. Breaks through and scores or or, or beats one defender and engages another one to, yep. to open up space. But but unfortunately, just doesn't have it there. And I I don't know how Lachlan Lewis learns game management because he's, well, yeah, he's not that he's not that kind of player. No, he's not. And I would hope he wouldn't be a mentor to any fucking player because I mean the way he plays is just a fast track to short fucking career. Yeah, that's it. Numerous injuries. Yeah. Um, but fuck the, the style of player that I love watching play. Yep. Yep. You know, and and I'd almost put him in that Benji category. Oh, fuck, I'd love to see just some some bullshit crafty veteran shit come off for him a couple of times this year, yep. and I'd be happy. Yeah, uh, I thought Tupanua was fucking great for the Roosters. Um, there, there, there wasn't anybody that Who wasn't, wasn't good yeah. for them, you know. Um, the dogs are running some fucking strange shapes. Look, I think the dogs just absolutely lack attacking potency in yeah. every fucking way, shape, and form. Mm. I, I, they're, they're so predictable because they've only got a couple, you know, they've, they've got a, a, you know, a short pass left to, for Talon Mariner. Yep. And then they've got that thing where they develop an overlap on the right hand side, but don't pass it to the open winger. Yeah. That's pretty much their plays right yep. there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And neither of those gain point, garner any points yeah. for them, you know? The, the only thing I'll say here is that if I'm coaching, if I'm preparing for the Roosters, I am doing very little, but running traffic at their halves all night. That, to me, seems to be the only potential deficiency, not only, but the major potential deficiency in the Roosters. And that is that both of their halves are smaller guys, and one of them's worried about ending his career with a single head knock. Mm Mm-hmm. And so whenever the dogs made any inroads in attack, it was when they were running straight at the halves because the the other guys have to work so hard to cover up there that it can potentially stress them if you can get quick play the balls and get in behind. But apart from that, the Roosters are fucking flawless. I hit some tweets. Lexi said, Teddy is so good, I'd let him do what he wanted to me and make Wally watch. Well, that that's fine, um, but what really dictates you as a person is what the lower end of your spectrum is, and we know that it's very, very fucking low. So don't 
no one's going to be surprised that you're going to let Teddy go in and fucking have an all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, Mitch in Facebook said, Kyle Flanagan and Josh Morris would be good blokes to have in your team, eh? (laughs) (laughs) He's a Sharks fan, for those who don't know. Nathan said, I'm 33, overweight, can't run 100 metres without losing my breath and haven't played football since under 10s. But watching Lachlan Lewis, I think it's not too late to become a first-grade rugby league player. Stephen said, Bet Tolman wishes he tested positive to COVID. Mm. Nigel, hashtag the people's team, hashtag battlers of the comp. <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Super Grover said, I'm all for close games and edge of the seat stuff, but sometimes I want to revel in asterisk how many. Yeah, I get that. I'm like that too. Jason said, The Roosters are a quality side that have great momentum going. The dogs tried hard all night, not a lot of luck. But the effort was there in patches. Foran had a really good game. Lewis, not so much. Hashtag, not as shit as the Broncos. And the final word on that one goes for our old mate, GT351 underscore Johns. Does anyone know someone who can forge a positive COVID-19 result for the Dogs team? <laughs> At least they can be isolated for a while to stop me having to watch this stuff. <laughs> you know, it's dire when he's fucking getting to sad level. Okay, previews coming up for this week. On Thursday night, we have the Newcastle Knights versus the Brisbane Broncos at Central Coast Stadium. For the Knights, Fitzgibbon returns to second row. Uh, Guerra is benched and Brody Jones is out. The Broncos, um, Tony Staggs is out. So Oates moves back to the wing. Farnworth is in the centres. Alex Glenn and Tavita Pangai Jr. both back in the side in the back row. Uh, Joel Fangawe moves to the bench. Reese Kennedy to the reserves. And uh, Isaac Luke, notably, in the 18. Mm-hmm. He's not quite in the squad yet, but I think he's actually, you know, we didn't mention that earlier, but I think he's actually a great a great pickup for the Broncos. He looks like he's um, Isaac Luke, eight Isaac Luke. Mm. But this is an experienced guy who's been through a number of successful, you know, one very successful system. Mm-hmm. And in a contract year... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I don't think it's a contract. I think it's just basically this is his uh, this is his goodbye this uh th- this time at the Broncos. Mm-hmm. But uh look, I think he can do positive things there, especially in a club that doesn't actually have a hooker at the moment. Mm-hmm. Look, the Knights are going to get the uh, this is you know this is going to be one of those big ones for social media where the Knights fans are annoying and Broncos fans are cunts. They two two fan bases rub up against each other yep. and the Knights are going to get a, a pretty simple win, I'd say. Yes. I agree. Rabbitohs take on the Warriors at Bankwest. Rabbitohs, no change to the 17. James Roberts is moving his way back up into the 21. And the Warriors, no changes there. Winning form is good form on both sides, I suppose. It is. Um, this, just based on the fact that this Warriors team is going on that you know great game, shit game, great game, shit game, and I haven't seen them put it together two weeks in a row. I liked more of what I saw out of South Sydney last week. So I'm going to tip the Rabbits. Yep. I think the Rabbits are, are, are as back as they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll demonstrate that this week. Yes. Panthers take on the Storm at Campbelltown. Dylan Edwards is back in fullback. Caleb, Caleb Aikens goes to the reserves. Um, 
Liam Martin comes in for Kurt Capewell, who's injured for ages, isn't he? Is he season like or is it like a long time? Yeah. Um, Billy Burns on interchange and Naden returning to the reserves list. Storm, mm. Brandon Smith on the bench, Christian Welch at prop, and uh, that's it. And those guys, they swapped uh, on game day last time anyway, so that may happen again. Yeah, they did. It's, it's a fucking weird um, team list for, for the Panthers. I, again, um, seem, seems to be the the general consensus out there that Burton should be starting. Yes. Um, it's not a bad bench uh, when you look at the fact that you've got Burton, Tedovano, Leota and Burns and Burns can sort of cover that that roving roving light forward yeah. kind of role. Um, if the Panthers are any chance of this, they're going to need to back up last week's stellar performance with another close to flawless performance. And again, because they're only just starting to perform like they did last week, I'm not confident that they'll do it. That they've got it in them two weeks in a row just to be at that level of I'm not sure they're going to have the attacking ability. Mm. It's, I mean, the, the, they struggle. They struggle to score points after uh, you know after a period there against the Eels. Yep. And I think the Eels are much easier to score on than the Storm. That's the that's the concern. Yeah. The, the other thing that that concerns me, I love Dylan Edwards and I fucking back him every day of the week. But his min max is fucking terrible. First first game back, if he's peppered with bombs or if he's put under a whole bunch of pressure and, and starts to get the drops. And, yeah. It's going to be a very fucking long night. I'll tell you that much. But I'm certain. I'm, I'm sure you're certain that the Panthers are going to win by how much? Thirteen plus. Yeah. Titans versus St George Illawarra Dragons at Suncorp Stadium. This one is a real coin flip. Yeah, it is. Who who do you fucking go? I mean, like the Titans have looked extremely solid in two or three of the last four halves of football they played. Yes. The Dragons. Pretty good for that entire game last week. Mm. Absolutely dreadful ever since. On paper, the Dragons have a much more talented roster, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you're <sighs> going hard. to do it, you'd, you'd pick them. The thing with the Titans is it wasn't a lack of, of effort. No, no, not at all. And if there's something that, you know, that the, they're lacking. It might be a little bit of confidence. And even though the Dragons played relatively well last week, I think the Titans will still go into this one with a little bit of confidence. The Dragons have to travel. Um, fuck, I'm back in the Titans. Well, Titans have got a good lineup here. Corey Thompson goes straight in at fullback. And uh, so that pushes Sammy to the wing where I think he should be. Mm-hmm. And Brian Kelly to the center where I think he should be. Yep. And uh, with young Tom, young Tom Payer in there as well, so I I think that's a, a pretty decent Titans backline as far as this, you know what they can assemble with what they've got. Correct. Uh, Dragons bench Merrin and uh, James Graham starts in the lock. Mm. Man, it's tough, isn't it? I really don't know which way to go on that one because I mean, there's no none of these little intangible things I'm, like you know, like home team and yeah, you know, that's all they need to go look, with either. I'm, that's the thing. I'm just backing the Titans because it's in Queensland and they don't have to travel they're, they're, a, they're a bus up the M1 yep and the Dragons are a fucking airport mission West Tigers versus North Queensland Cowboys at Campbelltown this one okay so 
Packer Talao Safe out for the Tigers. Uh, Jennings comes in to replace Talao's centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garner pushes Lawrence to the reserves, which I've seen Tigers fans very happy about. Uh, Eisenhuth and McIntyre to the bench. Benji still in 18 on the reserves list. Not sure what kind of fucking point Madge is trying to make here. Yeah, I. The Cowboys, though, uh, Val's out, Jordan McLean's out, uh, Tom Gilbert suspended, um, Tawai Fido moves to fullback, and I mean, people love him, so like, uh, up there. Um, Leo Mello comes in on the wing, that's his debut. Murderous Frank Molo star- starts at prop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hampton, Jensen, and Holler on the bench. Mm-hmm. Ruben Cotter drops out. Fuck, that's a lot of changes. Yeah, it is. I think just based on that, the Tigers have to win. Yeah, and the Tigers do have it. They do kind of own the Cowboys. Yep. Uh, the Roosters take on the Eels. JWH returns at prop. Lindsay Collins to the bench. Verrill's on the bench. And uh, Orbison goes out of the 17. Mm-hmm. The Eels. Um, Oregon Kafusi goes to the interchange after Kane Evans' suspension. Jai Field added to the reserves. Big matchup here. Massive matchup. I mean, the Roosters have been, you know, against certainly against the lesser competition, have been uh, rolling along like extremely well. Mm. The Eels still getting it done, but this is the week. Yeah, th- this is their test, and they would be viewing it as such. You know, mm-hmm. Brad Arthur would not be shying away from from the fact that they're going up against the form team. Mm-hmm. Um. Probably, you know, unlucky, I guess, if anything, that they got them at this stage of the draw and not not maybe first round back. Yep. Uh, I just think the Roosters have too much class in too many positions. I think so too. I think they'll win. I think they'll actually win quite well. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders versus the Mighty Manly Seagulls at Campbelltown. Uh, for the Raiders, Horsberg comes back from injury. So Dynamis Louis is demoted to the reserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hudson Young comes back from the eye gouging suspension about ten years ago. <laughs> and, uh, he's on the bench, and uh, Bailey Simonson is pushed out of the seventeen as a result. Uh, Manly, mighty Manly Seagulls are to power and Suli are injured, so Brendan Elliott comes into centre, and Fanua Blake. This Fanua Blake to the starting thirteen, but I mean he normally is, he normally does start. Last week, Desi left him on the bench to try and space them out a bit yeah. because of the short turnaround. Ciro uh, Junior's back though, and. Um, Morgan Boyle on the interchange. Yeah, just based on form, I don't see how you can go past Manly uh, in this game, given that, if anything, Manly's been having poor first halves just as Canberra have. If you look at both of them, Manly's second halves have been a lot stronger than Canberra's mm. have been. And not only, I mean, there's a, a, there would have been a large part of the blame for the slow first half last week on a four-day turnaround. Yeah. As well. This time, because they played on Thursday last week, this is like yep. a ten day turnaround. Yep. And so not and they know what they need to work on. I mean, if they've identified, you know, the, the slow first halves, they've got time to identify why. And yep. they can start addressing that, I think, this week. The big thing is just gonna be the loss. Yeah, you know, to power's a loss. Mm-hmm. But you know, he was lost he, he was lost very early against a very good forward pack last week as well. Yeah, that's and it. for Newell Blake, if I had to lose one of them. To power's the one I'd, mm-hmm. that I'd choose to lose because Fenua Blake's on another fucking level the last sort of eighteen months. Yep. Um, so look, yeah, I've, I mean, Brendan Elliott, he'll do the he'll do the job in centre. Obviously, he's not going to be the destructive tank that that uh, that Suli is. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
you don't necessarily need that, you know, the destructive tank either. I mean, Brendan yeah. Elliott's a good defender, That's solid it. guy. As long as he can, you know, maintain his place in the line and not, you know, not do anything fucking stupid, which I think is, you know, the only you ride it on, you ride it on his headstone, really. Yeah. Guy that comes in and a solid replacement and doesn't do anything fucking stupid. The, the only risk to Manly is every week you go a full eighty minutes without effort faced fucking biscuiting himself for eight matches. You are one game closer to him biscuiting himself for eight matches. So at some stage, it's got to happen. Look, and as, as, Is this as, the week? as we established, we're not playing on Brookie at all this year so far. Mm. So he's good. Yeah, well, just, you know, look, just like the Sharks lost to keep the Tigers in ninth, yep. magical divots may appear at fucking Campbelltown just Possibly. so he biscuits himself. I mean, he's a fucking paddock out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and finally, the Sharks take on the Bulldogs at Bankwest. The Sharks have Jack Williams returning to lock, which will delight the fan base. Uh, Rudolph benched. Uh, Talakai and Hunt replace Connor Tracy and Scott Sorensen on the interchange. And Bryson Goodwin is a reserve, mm. while Nene McDonald is not named. Now, the Doggies. Remus Smith pushes Nick Meany out of the side. Uh, Jake Avarillo shifts to the wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tamaga starts up front with Sue benched and Kerrod Holland comes in for Morgan Harper on the bench. Mm-hmm. I feel I am I am loath to tip the Sharks mm. with Chad Townsend in the side. Mm. Does that mean that Kieran Foran's going to find a way to fucking run a train on them? Maybe. If they can hold the Sharks to 12 points or less, then the Doggies can win this game. Yes. Anything more than that... Oh, I don't know. I have. I. I just have severe reservations about the doggies' attack yeah. and what they can generate. I think they can get twelve points on the sharks, but I think they'd struggle to do more. Yeah. Um, if if there's a team that are going to fall victim to that shark style of play that we were saying doesn't fucking work anymore, yeah, it's the bulldogs. the The bulldogs aren't smart enough as a unit to realise that if they just keep playing up-tempo and don't get into that fucking grind with the Sharks yep. that you can just absolutely run them ragged. They'll want to get in just because they've got the fucking Jacksons and the Tolmans and the guys who who are a throwback to that era when that style of football was, was effective. Yeah. Um, so the, the Sharks, I think, are a chance in this one. Okay, hitting the mailbag this week uh, on the Facebook side of things. Uh, Hamish said, uh, would you keep Cuntock Smith for one more year at the risk of losing Harry? Please stay at the Tigers for fuck's sake, Grant. And what would the and what would Grant's worth be? Asked and answered, sir. I didn't even mm. realise that we were going to have that conversation that we did when we did. There you go. But uh, there you go. You got it early. Um, Chris said, uh, thoughts of on cowards who block people in a private Facebook group. Not cool. That's my thoughts. I'll leave you fucking bitching yourselves. Don't fucking involve me in it. Michael said, I'm happy to hear your thoughts on Isaac Moses being deregistered. Personally, I think it's great for the game and maybe the start of players and their agents doing the dirty on their clubs. Agreed. Yes. And uh, also asked and answered, sir. Uh, Josh said, uh, end of the season, who's a better fullback, Latrell or Ponga? End of the season. Yeah, still probably Ponga, I think. 
Uh, if Latrell lost like 10 kilos and you know, got himself down, yeah. Look, all you got to take with a grain of salt as well. But yeah, just like you put him as an individual and make mm. him have a fucking running race. Yeah. Ponga probably all day. Yeah. But just because of the players around him, yeah, when, when you're running off Cody Walker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a different story. Um, technically, Kalen's also probably better in terms of a defensive fullback. Yeah, yeah, I think positionally, yeah, take so attack the, out of it. Def- on the defensive side of the ball, I think Pong is better yeah. by far. Yep. Attacking-wise, Pong it's, obviously it's a, has his... Has it's his, a closer contest, yeah. yeah. So th- this year, Ponga, ask that question with the end of next season as the caveat, and it might be a very different answer. Yep. Uh, Kevin says, uh, how long do you think this six again will last? And if it does, how will it affect the size of some of the players in the league? As it is, there's quite a few big boys who could lose a few kilos for fitness. I think that's exactly what will happen. Yep. I mean, I don't think they're going to discontinue it. It seems to be a permanent addition to the game. Yep. And all of the you know early early response on it has been positive. So I don't see it changing, really. Mm. And uh, so it'll stay. And yeah, I mean, the big guys are going to have to lose you know, lose weight. I mean, like you couldn't see like a George Rose surviving in a ga- in, in this game. Mm. You know, That's with, it. With these rules. Yep. Uh, Nathan said, are you seeing teams exploit the six again rule? I'm noticing the penalty for infringing on the first tackle is basically only one extra tackle, but they can defensively dominate the set by doing so. Teams are happy to take an extra tackle to infringe early. Punishment completely different from infringing on the fourth tackle, for instance. Yeah, that we've seen it. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're threatening that they're going to... It, it's Again, it's one of those things. Teams started giving away fucking penalties in the 10-meter zone relentlessly and offering up the two points instead of the six, and then they clamped down on that and said, we're going to start shin-binning you, and then they stopped shin-binning people, so they went back to even penalties. Correct. You know, it it's this shitty cultural thing with how much can I get away with. And so unless they do something to stamp it out, it'll keep happening. Michael finally said, uh, who is the team that you enjoy when your team beats them the most? Well, look, there are very, there are a lot of arguments for a lot of teams. Yes. There are teams that I am indifferent to beating. I, Those teams yeah. would be the Cowboys. Titans, Cowboys, Panthers. Yep. Um, you don't beat us very often. Dylan Walker's our fucking bitch. Uh, I mean, he did lead us to like a 28-0 win or something. Um, let's look at the ladder. Hang on a minute. Let me just... See, oh, I don't have the ladder in front of me. Let's see the teams. Broncos fucking love it. Yep. Knights, strangely, indifferent. Yeah. But then until recently, and their fans are very chirpy on Twitter, and so now that's it's it's got you know Correct. more more uh, nutritional value. Um, Rabbitohs, I don't particularly care. Warriors don't care. Uh, Storm fucking love to beat the Storm anytime. Mm-hmm. Titans, Dragons don't care. West Tigers, well, because of the real dad, you know, you know think, yeah, fucking love it. Yep. Um, Cowboys don't really care. Roosters don't really care. Eels, strangely, no, I don't. I mean, like, I think Sydney-based Manly fans think would be much more in touch with that rivalry. It's never anything I've had to deal Sydney with. Sydney-based like multi-generational Manly fans. Yeah, I've never, I've never really had to, con- you know, confront yeah. that rivalry face, yep. you know, head on. Raiders recently, over the last year or something, or the last three years. They've been very fucking spiteful close games. Yeah. With like a lot of shithousery and yep. and, and and like 
poor sportsmanship from players and shit that I just mm. love when they get the win. And uh, so, yeah, Raiders are very satisfying lately. And yeah. Sharks, you know, there was a time, but now it's just, I mean, we've been every time, so it's kind of lost its luster. Mm. And Bulldogs, when Desi was a coach, fucking loved it. It was a big deal, and I loved it. Now, they're just kind of, they're fucking there. Yep. You know, there's no, they're no threat to nobody. Yeah, I, I concur. It's, there, there are teams, it's just that I care less Who is Panthers' most hated team, though? Because, I mean, you don't really think of, like, big, big-ass big rivalries with Penrith. The, the Battle of the West has always been Parramatta. Yeah. And it was always that they were like, so is that uber, like, uber is that, successful. So is that the biggest, is that the biggest right, enemy that uh, Panthers have? Look, it's always fun to beat the Roosters, just... Because you've know, got their grand final, but that's, like, coming on, you know, that's nearly yeah, 20 Yeah, but it's ago. also the Freddy thing. Yeah. Long fucking yeah, memories. Yeah. Um, I just don't think of the Panthers as a team that has a fuckload of enemies. No. Like manly, like we've had our stormy. Like you, you have to era. be, you have to be a pretty fucking sad human, yeah, to have an agenda against Penrith. Like even like you know Raiders, when we beat them in '91, well they beat us in '90, yeah, you know. So it's we're we're at one apiece with them. Yeah, um, we've smashed them in a couple of comeback games where we've come back right at yeah. the death. However, they're self aware enough to know that they are fucking choking pieces of shit. So, so it's not against us. Um, you got Twitter mailbag stuff. No, you've been through all of that. Oh, okay. you're the uh, oh the mailbag mailbag. Hang on, let me get into. Yeah. Um. Oh well, Giannis asked about fuckhead DCE. Yeah, we covered that off diving. Elite tier shithousery that wins games for his team. Uh, Socket. That's it. And uh, the bunk asked a very similar question. Does there need to be more regulation in regards to player managers' agents in light of the Moses situation? It- I feel like they've got a lot at the moment. Mm-hmm. And they've given themselves a lot of power to, de- to deregister guys mm. and completely remove their capacity to do business if they if they breach mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and are found to have done so in investigation. So it, it's unfortunately one of those things that if done properly, you're never going to find unless yeah. somebody is disgruntled. Yep. Yeah. So that that's probably the downfall, and it seems to happen a lot in dodgy situations, is when they get too big for their boots mm-hmm. and they forget that the way they got to where they were was by keeping everyone happy and keeping everyone on side. Uh, when, when they get a bit too important or too cool for school, they, uh, that comes back to bite them. Yep. That's about all we haven't answered. Okay, tipping Christian Lynn on top. Alone on 31. Oof. And then we've got a, a log jam on 30 points going all the way down to, from second to ninth with uh, Mayan Rattus and JBB. Six again, yeah, nah. Danny Ward, One-Eyed Tiger. Tips out for the boys. Cowboy and Honor Blood Buzz, the perennial up there. And um, there's our top 10. So very congested at the moment. Um, and that's it. That is full time for episode 355. Thanks again for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. Uh, our Facebook community lives at hashtag Twill Nation. So the, the link there is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Twill Nation. Uh, we'd urge you all to jump in there if you're on the Facebook. Um, our page is also facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. That's your first stop. Hit us with a like share our shit around and jump into the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. 
Uh, and if you want to go the extra mile, the digital memberships are still available and can be picked up anytime for $3.99 a month, $1.99 if you're an existing member. And uh, I had a bunch of like rankings and, and charts and that come in this week for uh, Apple Podcasts. And uh, we are on the cusp of being in the top 10 all-time uh, in Canada for rugby. Oof. We Fucking are, Canada, um, well done. We are s- still number one in Australia. Well, Not yeah. all time, but, but uh, well, actually all time as well as just every, now. Weekly. Um, yeah. And uh, Can I just say that again? I've shouted this out before, but a fucking shout out to the nation because we don't advertise. No. Nope. We don't do any marketing. No. Nope. We don't do any third party shit. Barely any social media. This, <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking organic. Yep. And it's you guys sharing it with like minded people. Yep. So it's a fucking tribute to all of you guys out there. And, and it's really hard to stay on top of the charts because the charts are rigged against older shows being on top of the charts because they want to try and constantly refresh it at the top. So, and, and give, uh, and, you know, the metric isn't just like, you know, the most downloads. I mean, it has to be like new subscribers, new listeners and things like that. And there's been a massive spike over the last sort of two weeks since uh, Apple podcasts have had that um, focus on rugby league podcast with us as the first one there. Um, where else, What else is notable? Let's see. Brazil, we're sitting pretty number four all time. Brazil. Brazil. Well done. Shout out to Brazil. Uh, Shout out to Brazilians. Denmark and Japan, top 10 all time, both of those boys. Uh, Netherlands, on the cusp of the top 10 there. Um, Can I just say, fucking wars. How the fuck are we not number one in the Netherlands? Motherfucker, I know you've got family over there, but you almost got drafted into their fucking army, for Christ's sake. (laughs) If you can't speak Dutch, fucking... Pull a few phrases from your fucking mother and say, you know, spam some fucking whatever they use as fucking tulip book yep. over there. Pull your fucking finger out. I'll tell you what, you know, and, and this is the, the, here's some pleasing ones. We are in uh, in sports, number five in all sports in New Zealand. All sports. Up, up 135 oh. places. Oh. That's a pleasing one. Fantastic. Up one position to number six all time in rugby in New Zealand. But the most pleasing <laughs> one, the most pleasing one from the last week, is number one in New Zealand for rugby. Oh, there we go, beating the motherfuckers at your own sport. Oh, <laughs> gotta love it. Thank you, listeners, and thank you, and welcome to all the new listeners because I know that this, uh, this uh, there have been new gen- through Apple, there have been new listeners generated. Um, so yeah, stick around, get in. Get it's a the jokes. better fucking experience when you get in and talk to other members of the nation. Um, Twitter's a good way to do it. The Facebook group's probably a better way to do it. Uh, you know, get in and, and talk shit. And the beautiful thing about most of you guys is that you can give it and take it just yep. as well. So It's almost a prerequisite, really, isn't yes. it? Yes. Um, and just remember, uh, thisweekinleague.com. Go to the shop page, click on the trustless shirt, this is the last chance for it to happen. I've got some ideas for what's coming next, but the Trust Us shirt will never appear again. And so this oh, is... Oh, we know exactly what's coming next. What's coming next? We spoke about it. <sighs> I'll speak to you about it afterwards. I'll refresh your memory. Yeah, was that like next next? Or was that like... I thought that was next year. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's next year. <laughs> yeah, that's, next that's year. That's the no, next I mean, Trust Us shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean Trust next. Us Mark Two. Yeah. Trust Us 2021. <laughs> um, but yeah... <laughs> 
This is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably put the order through on Monday morning. So you've got to like Monday yeah Monday lunchtime sort of thing. Get them in by then. It'll take me time to compile the numbers and everything yep. and get it all set up for the supplier. To new listeners, the trust us shirt. Because yeah. if we've just yeah launched, true, right? Um, they're too new. They're not going to trust us. No, it's too new. But if you, I like, tell you what, there's been some all time trust. Yes, there has this been. this would break it. Um, but it's a shirt to the community. It is the most hilarious thing that's ever been put on an article of clothing. However, it is benign enough that it won't get you arrested or kicked out. It's not offensive to anyone. You kind of have to but, explain uh, it to someone. And we'd recommend who, you don't explain who, who, it. Who was uninitiated. Yes. So that they will be for sale. We're not going to tell you what's on it. You must trust us. Yes. But others trusted us and they're happy they trusted us. Super, yeah. Have, we, haven't, we haven't had any bad, any bad vibes. No. So uh, that's great. And uh, that's it for this week. See you next week. See you next week. Later. <laughs>